Hey everybody, welcome to High Spots and Kickouts. I'm Rich with Clint. What's up? And Brent. What's up? I just want to take a second here. What are you laughing about? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm just having a moment. I just want to talk about my favorite part of the entire wrestling industry this week and uh, the most entertaining thing that happened. So this is your high spot for the week then? No. Are you starting around with that? No, no, no. I'm not. It, it, it's a... It's a uh, you know, high spots are a different thing than this. This is oh. one of the actual and accomplishment okay. in wrestling. And I don't feel like, I mean, I, when I'm picking the high spot, it kind of feels like I'm just picking through a trash bin to see what fucking turd was on the top. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, All right. but it is uh, Titus O'Neil uh, delivers a custom WWE title belt to the Tampa Bay Lightning for their uh, Stanley Cup win. That was the most exciting thing that happened in wrestling. Oh, fuck Tampa Bay. <laughs> I mean, Clint made me a Tampa Bay fan of football. I'm glad to see they won the Stanley Cup, too, and even happier to see Big Titus, the Hulk Hogan fan that he is. I'm not a hockey fan, but it's kind of strange to me that the, 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 the Florida-based <laughs> hockey team, where there's no ice at all, is the one who wins the hockey. And it's the Canadians. Right, that's strange. They, they, uh, they never win. They're from Florida. That's like the Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> the gold medal. No, they have an excellent goaltender. Uh, they have one of the top scorers in the league. They have really good defensemen. But I'm a Blackhawks fan, so yeah. fuck the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a hockey guy. So. My, uh, my first boss uh, in retail was fucking... He's a huge hockey fan. I know nothing about hockey whatsoever. I've been to like two Riverman games and I don't understand. The Whatever they teach you in Mighty Ducks, which is probably right. not the exact rules to hockey. Yeah, no, because of the flying bees and the legal They do it in the dictionary. So, uh... Like, I was not a hockey fan whatsoever, but I knew that he liked hockey. And, like, I, I was a midnight guy or whatever, and, like, I'd see him come in in the morning as I was getting ready to leave. I'm like, I gotta make a connection with this guy so I can get fucking good hours and work my way up, you know? And, uh, I was making the coffee in the morning, and uh, he walked in. I'm like, man, how about those, uh, the Blackhawks, man, they won the uh, Stanley Cup last night. That was awesome, right? And he was like, what do you mean? So fuck the Blackhawks. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> walks off. That's how every hockey fan is about the opposite team that they like. Yeah. yeah. It's like today I was in uh, St. Louis and uh, fuck the Blues. <laughs> I mean, they finally won the Cups. So now we can't give them the shit of, hey, you don't have a cup. You can't be drinking from the Cups. So. <laughs> it's kind of like that with, I mean, baseball a little bit too. The Cubs and the Cardinals situation. I was in St. Louis with a bunch of Cubs fan, fans. I guess it was like three years ago, now or almost two years ago. It was before COVID hit. We went to the zoo, and the people with the Cubs, with the Cubs lost that day. And we were walking through the zoo, and there's a bunch of people with Cardinal shit on. They make sure to stop. I'm like, oh, look who fucking, you know. <laughs> and I wasn't a fan of either team, so I was like, I have my Yankee shit on. I was like, yeah. Yeah, St. Louis and Chicago sports fans always have the best time giving each other shit. Uh, and uh, it, it's, one. it's one, one of the best rivalries I honestly think in all the sports. There was few. All of them were having fun, but there was one dude who was trying to decide a ride. He, he was trying to get beat. Up. There was one guy. I'm not, like, even, uh, I'm not a fan of either of those teams, but there was one guy, and he was trying to actually push buttons on people. And it's like everybody's at the zoo with their kids, bro. Why are you gonna bring that shit here? Like, that's that's your, like our coconut uh, with alcohol and walk the fuck off. That's like our that's like our buddy Cole. Uh, the last time I think he went to St. Louis to a Cubs Cardinals game. Uh, him and his buddy got in a fight in the hotel bar they were staying at. And the, uh, <laughs> so I, I think uh, security had to escort the other guy out of the place. And they're like, you guys going to do something about this? And Cole's like, nah, we're good, I'm pretty sure. So, um, but 
So, okay, we've talked about hockey, which we're a wrestling podcast. So. <laughs> and baseball. Yeah. It's all right. So, uh, all I feel like if wrestling was more entertaining right now, then we probably wouldn't be talking about. Well, yeah, that's like the paper that we wrote for Raw Highlights that doesn't have a single thing on it. That's consequently where that's what I was laughing at when he started and was doing the intro. Rich's favorite tag team uh, went up against MVP and Bobby Lashley. Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, Money in the Bank's coming up, so... Go, it been New go. Day versus the Hurt Business. And New Day just beat AJ and Omos, neat, right? You know, but instead they weeks ago, broke the Hurt New? Business up. And, New Day. Yeah, they beat AJ they and Omos. They beat Omos. AJ and Omos for the title, right? No. They just beat them. AJ and Omos are still the champions. Just down. The uh, number one contenders are the Viking Raiders. Even more down. <laughs> which the Viking that, experience. The Viking experience. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which the Viking Raiders uh, they showed up and made an appearance during the Riddle and uh, AJ match this week on Raw, and they went after Omos. So, I mean, it's a great story because now no, there's a reason for them to fight. Has like, Omos done anything yet? No. Uh, he still hasn't even really done a wrestling move. He just throws people around. Yeah, he's um, the giant Gonzalez 2.0. <laughs> Uh, right now, until I see him do something more, I yeah. love him in the Rumble catching. He's a he's an attraction, and instead of them being smart and sending him to be trained to where he knows how to do something, they said, you know what, fuck that, fast track this fucker straight to the main roster because he's giant. I mean, they could have put him with a better person though to sit under his learning tree. I mean, I don't think he's learned anything from AJ though. I think they're just showing up and doing <laughs> raw every once a week and right where. Wow, man. From fucking their apartment, <laughs> their, their apartment in the Thunderdome. Picks him up and brings him to the Thunderdome. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> hey, at least this week is the last week in the Thunderdome. Yeah, thank God. And go back to watching Raw again. Maybe if anybody makes it, SmackDown for sure. sure. But Raw, this, the, yeah. this coming week's Monday Night Raw is in the Thunderdome, and then Smackdown, Smackdown is live right. in Texas. I bet you something crazy is gonna like. It's funny with the Bailey situation. Fucking. Yeah, sure. They ain't, there ain't gonna be a whole lot of people making out of the fucking Thunderdome. They're all no, crazy shit. Sure. That's the thing. They're doing nothing for two years. On the radio this morning, they might have confirmed it last night, but Bailey tore ACL. Yeah, right. she um, she was on SmackDown last night, and they uh, yeah. she she's in a knee brace. Yeah. And yeah, um, she's out nine months, so she had to have torn her ACL. Right. Well, th- that's the thing is they've all been phoning it in they for like two years. They ain't roadworthy yet. No. Well, that's what I mean is, you know, they've all been sitting around phoning it in for the last two years because they ain't had a crowd to wrestle in front of them. It's been one oh. day a week work, and now they're all down there at the performance center working out, trying to get road ready, getting that ring rust off. I guarantee she's she's the first of many to go down to injuries. And we're going to see a shitload of B players get brought. It's going to be like WWF. 95, 96, like, in that mid part where everybody left and went to WCW and all they had was Brett and Sean, like, and that was it. <laughs> and a bunch of fucking B players, and that's what's going to happen. Maybe you'll have, like, Edge once every fucking six weeks, and Roman, that'll be it, though. I bet both the Usos, well, one of them. It's when, when your buddy Riddle will get his shot. I ain't my buddy, but, but maybe, I think Randy Orton and him are going to end up having a, a big-ass rivalry with each other. I think there's some story. Well, they're going to make some, I don't know what the real reason is Randy Orton's gone, but I think they're going to make some story as to why he was gone. you seen Matt Riddle obviously made that note up himself and turned it in so he could end up in the match, and Randy Orton couldn't. I think there's going to end up being more to that story to where... They're going to ruin the RK Bro thing just because they're fucking stupid. Well, first they got to have them win the Raw Tag Team titles. If they do that, like I said, they might have a straight heel turn for Riddle. Like, you know, he fed fucking Randy a fucking co- a cosmic brownie and he fucking went on a trip to someplace. He just said the words ruin the RK Bro thing like it was something that you could. It's one of the highlights of it all. Right now, yeah, it's one of the only things that they talk about on the radio. Yeah, floating in the fucking bowl. Pretty much. 
and the, the thing is too riddle's one of the only high spots on raw right yeah, now yeah, so in general once once the uh, draft goes through smackdown or fox is gonna be like hey we want riddle so no, you guys need no. to draft him unless unless seth rollins is going back to raw fucking him and matt riddle won't be in the same area with each other remember seth rollins said he will never ever have a match with Matt said becky was a dog or something like that uh, he said something something to her whenever she was i think he hit on her and she said no and they said the mean shit to her and now she's like which with the bailey injury one of the speculations was that becky lynch was going to show up to be the replacement and no. but that didn't happen uh sony deville came out and named carmelo the, re- the replacement for Corey, money in the I'm bank carmelo fan. Corey graves is happy about it oh yeah he already put out a tweet about i already cleared out a spot on the trophy case for you mm-hmm. for your next smackdown championship mm-hmm. i'm a carmelo fan Jesus. And then uh, since since she <laughs> <laughs> since she was uh, in the Money in the Bank ladder match, now Liv Morgan is taking her spot in the uh, Money in the Bank match. That's fine. I think she's earned it. I'm but she's put in work. But when you look at the oh. SmackDown roster, you have Sasha Banks, you have Carmella, she's, you have she's done the Mandalorian or something. Prior yeah, you, you haven't seen Sasha since she, she lost at WrestleMania. Her rap songs of Snoop Dogg and filming TV. So. Yeah, you have Bailey who's now out nine months. You have Tamina and Natalia, oh, they're and done. they're both the tag team champions, so they're they're, they're not going to be in the Money in the Bank. They're done. They got jobbed out the other night. You got Liv Morgan, <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much what you got for uh, SmackDown. Tag champs are done. Yeah, they got jobbed out the other night. Oh yeah, which is what I've been waiting for. Uh, they're done ruining that storyline. They fucked it up at WrestleMania, and they tried to regrasp it, and then they haven't jobbed out in three minutes. Neither one of them are good wrestlers. No, they're not. But <laughs> still, they have this thing. has never of. been like over like they have been. They've been on this huge fucking. You they're know, trying to make up for her fucking WrestleMania. And the internet loves it that the people on the Thunderdome love it, right? And well, they just fucking screwed them over in three months. Yeah. Night. Well, well, like, yeah. Last night, uh, they put a match on SmackDown. It was Tamina and Natalia. In a non-title match against mystery opponents. Oh, I thought they lost the titles last night. No, they did not lose the titles. But still, but, the champs get down in three minutes. The two mystery opponents, they brought Shotzi up They brought up Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. That's who they fucking lost to? And yep. then they left Ember Moon on. Wait, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon are the tag team. They're... Nope, they're bringing back uh, It's Shotzi and Knox. Uh, Tegan Knox was tag teaming with Shotzi Blackheart before she tore her ACL on NXT last year. At the Great American Bash. Yeah, but she got super popular teaming with Ember Moon. They did the whole thing together. The team yeah, but the Ember, the Ember doesn't want to go back to the main roster. Right, I get that, but... Like, and Shotzi Blackheart's one of the most over females that's on the NXT <laughs> roster right now, so they brought her up. Walmart pink. At least she's on SmackDown. She has a hey, they, bit uh, Pat, Pat McAfee actually brought that up. Uh, can't you buy that at Walmart last night? I'm pretty sure What's he this? brought that up on commentary. <laughs> Wasn't he That's getting awesome. a pedicure on SmackDown last night or while the show yeah. was going on or something? Yeah, uh, <laughs> during during the one of the qualifier matches, uh, Big E came out. Oh, by the way. Open that up. Pop it up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just uh, give, we'll give uh, the company that Clinton works for a quick shout out. That's Pepsi. <laughs> drinking a Mountain Dew. Everybody else does on their podcast. I want whether it's alcohol or not. <laughs> Sometimes it'll be alcohol, it's not fine. Oh, shit. Okay, what were we talking about before we just popped it? Pat McAfee. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, it was one of the Money in the Bank qualifiers. Uh, 
it was King. Yeah. Uh, it's now King Nakamura, not Shinsuke, but it's still Shinsuke Nakamura. And he went up against uh, Baron Corbin. But Big E came out to do commentary. And Big E had like a couch set up ringside. And they had little pedicure buckets. And <laughs> Big E and Pat McAfee had their feet in them. And yeah. Ridiculous. That's awesome. He's the king. He's the, the new version of King. He's the king. Well, they, uh, they pulled uh, Paul Heyman off the couch and smack and replaced him with Pat McAfee. Well, Pat, I'm, I'm well, Pat Heyman really wanted to do it, though. I think it was just. I was going to say, Pat McAfee is one of the best parts of SmackDown. Yeah. Since he's came on a commentary, yeah. He's definitely one of the high spots. I think Heyman's more wanting to just do the wrong thing. Stand in the corner and cower the entire time. Yeah. Hand him his microphone. Could have done a good promo here. Hold, hold the Universal Championship the rest of the time. Um, you know, he's, he's finally the spot he wants to be at. He's right there. He's, Paul Heyman is probably one of the most talked about guys in wrestling right now. Who and will be as remembered almost as long as Vince McMahon will be remembered. And he didn't like continue to own a wrestling kind of, like started out as a wrestling owner. Like, like, you know what I mean? He he'll have that Vince McMahon respect for the rest of his life. I know he never got to the height that Vince McMahon did as a wrestling owner, just for his contribution. He's the most popular in sport team. You know, he, he has the same position that Bruce Pritchard had, that fucking uh, uh, Pat. Patterson and Gerald Briscoe and right. fucking uh, but, you know, Jim Ross. It's not that, but as the, and, and the character that he's been able to play on TV, you know, will be also remembered, you know, as the heel manager. Oh, yeah. You know, and he was... It, uh, he's one of the... Like, he... I mean, not, there's a couple Paul Heyman uh, uh, promos that are, like, great and that you remember and everything, but... I mean, it's quality all the time. So, yeah, like, it's yeah. so good that you... I can't remember. Can't specifically, like... Come like So, like, the uh, night that uh, him and Bischoff came out, and he fucking totally buried WCW and WWE in the same promo. That one comes to mind, but, like... And then, like, maybe the night after uh, Undertaker lost his streak, and he came out and said, I'm the one behind the one mm-hmm. in 21. I guess I can't remember that one. I don't know. He's got so many promos. That have but been it's really good. Every night. From ECW, with the 911 shit, all the way until now, and they've all been so good, and he puts so much heart and passion into each and every promo, even if it's like a promo for Curtis Axel. Right. He tried to do everything he could to get that dude over with some of the promos he was cutting. He tried to get, uh, who else was it that he had? Was it uh, Cesaro he had? Yeah. He was supposed to get Cesaro over to Ryback. Ryback, and then when he was with CM Punk, he didn't have to cut promos. But he just stood in the background and held his title for him. And they called him the Walrus. (laughs) The Paulers. <laughs> well, pretty much all he's doing right now is standing in the back for Roman Reigns. Too. My, I guess kind of Paul of... Heyman, though, is fucking post-ECW. Uh, Jerry Lawler leaving because his wife got fired. And fucking Jim Ross and Paul Heyman. Roman's, Roman right now has got that really good thing going on where he gets in. He's like, why, why do you want to do this? You don't want to do this to my family. Why, why do you want to come between me and my family? And gets in, you know, gets in your face and talks to you real serious, like a coach or a teacher or something, you know. Shit bothers me. And then the bad part when his own family wants to do something, he's like, "No, fuck that. We're not doing that." <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't benefit Roman Reigns, so we're not, we're not doing that. Head of the table. 
It's like uh, last night, uh, what, both Jay and Jimmy Uso both got crippled cross faces with a steel bar in their mouth. Jimmy's and, lucky to be there. We don't call him crippled cross face. And, well, yeah, we, we, don't, <laughs> we don't talk about him yet. Yeah. Well, Chris Renoir really put the crippled cross face and people died. So. How is uh, Jimmy still fucking showing up to work all the time? I don't know how he still has a license all the time. He's, he had like seven DUIs between both of them. So There's been like people at least... have gotten DUIs and been fired the next day or just been completely cut from their storylines, and this motherfucker never happens. That's because they don't want to lose Roman. He's going to keep him happy. But not only that, but like yeah, between him and his brother, what have they had about 36 DUIs? <laughs> How do you <laughs> not lose your license? Two years. Hey, uh, I don't have Sam, Sam Houston had more. By himself, all put then both of them put together though. Yeah, but still, like in this day and age, like how do you get away with having that many DUIs and still having a license? Like, well, how are, how do you have lawyers that good? Because your boss is a billionaire. I know they got out of the last one somehow because they had a huge argument with the cops about it. They took them to jail without blowing, and then they ended up getting out of it. But that's the only one I know they got out of. Here's the one thing you want to know about though. I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon has the same thing in place, just like the NFL does, where if a player's out drinking and they need a ride home, they have like a number they call, and they'll come fucking get you and take you home. You don't have to drive the car yourself. Well, I mean, there's Uber, right? Well, yeah, there's that, too. <laughs> so, then you got to come back and find your car. Or, or Lyft. I mean, there, there's other companies, or, yeah, there's, or a cab. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways they could have went about doing what they it's did. It's real hard to get up in the morning and be hungover and have to go look for your car, though. That's true. I'll <laughs> give you that. But well, they, they have Paul Heyman they can send after it. With, with the money they make, I guarantee they could have paid somebody to get And not only that, but when you've been arrested for DUI before, like anytime you're out after nighttime and a cop gets behind you, more than likely they're going to just pull you over just to see if you've had drinks in your oh, system right, at all. Right. And the motherfucker ran a red light doing a fucking 50 and a 30, like, yeah. that'll get you pulled over non-fucking drunk. <laughs> that is true. Idiot. Like, right. he deserved to be DUI. He don't need to be driving. He needs a fucking, he needs a Matt Riddle scooter. Just find some demons. <laughs> demons. <laughs> sure. Hey, we could definitely get Matt Riddle scooter, though. It's a pretty badass scooter. He gets it oiled up. He's got daddy issues, doesn't he? <laughs> He's got like 32 brothers. And Roman them. fucking threw him down and told him he wasn't worthy of head of the table. And no, I just, he had to go well, not them daddy issues. I mean, because Rikishi's got like 32 kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. And who well, says he definitely doesn't that. take care of He didn't even show up to the fucking dude's wedding, right? Yeah, real personal, man. I'm just saying. It was on TV. <laughs> That's why he's got drinking problems. They're, they're personal, not me. I, I'm good. Like, I feel bad for him. I do. <laughs> she got that much money and all that fame, you gotta get wasted like an asshole and drive fucking... Like, what Buff Bagwell did. Buff, yeah. Buff killed the motherfucker. Did he about kill somebody? And then he put somebody in the hospital, I thought, when he got into that last DUI incident. I thought he hit somebody. I knew he ran pretty bad. I didn't know he hurt. I, I thought he hurt somebody. Um, or no, it wasn't him. It was uh, Van Hammer. Hit somebody on a bicycle. Wasted. Drove off. Left him. He's in jail now. Prison. Going to jail for like 30 years. Oh, yeah. That dude is. Yeah. yeah. But even that. Buff Bagwell. He's another one. Fucking smashing all the cars. Wasted. Like, dude, what <laughs> the fuck you guys doing? <laughs> like you just said. You got all that money. You can call a motherfucker and come pick you up. Like, what type of a fucking asshole Buff are you? Bagwell's got that money, dude. I, uh, I feel bad for all of them. I really do. What's that website? That's the price of fame. You got to get DUIs all the time. What was that website he was working for? Uh, who? 
Fuck Bagwell. Like CowboysOnly.com. Some dude. It don't matter. CowboysOnly.com. Yeah. But, but how would you? Funny. I don't even want to know why you know that. Uh, Conrad was talking about yeah, it. I hope they, so. Uh, he bought one for Tony Schiavone on the Tony on uh, What Happened When. Fucking. Oh, Buff Bagwell dance? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was like a cameo or whatever. I don't know. But cameo. Doing the striptease cameo thing for Tony Schiavone. And his mom shaving him? Well, so, because Tony always tells that story of him going to Buff Bagwell's house and uh, just walking in the door and he went to the bathroom and fucking Buff Bagwell's, like, holding his junk bent over and his mom's shaving his fucking butthole and taint and balls and shit. It's true. So, on the fucking podcast. <laughs> All right, well, since we talked about taints, balls, and now we're, yeah. Okay, you're on Buff Bagwell. <laughs> so, SmackDown, Jimmy J. Yeah, and so, I'm feeling sorry for him. Yeah, what do I do? Well, well, no, I can figure out a way to lead us into... One of the topics that we have wrote down for this week, uh, <laughs> since you guys brought up Buff, Buff Bagwell. Oh, they were saying balls. Yeah, we're just going to talk about balls. No. Uh, <laughs> 25 years ago. To, uh, the worst NWO leader. Hey, it's Buff Bagwell. Well, he was part of the NWO. Buff Bagwell. <laughs> hey. Balls. Oh. Balls and force guns, NWO. Buff Bagwell didn't really get over until he was the stuff. He couldn't get enough. I mean, <laughs> I never liked Buff Bagwell. Right? Right. I mean, he just got hit in the sweet airbrushed house. <clears throat> he had a championship fight one night on Nitro. That's his. You mean Monday Night Raw Nitro? <laughs> no, no, not that one. Oh. But how are you going to have that match in fucking Seattle? We're going to try you out to see how good you are. Booker yeah, T yeah, versus yeah, Buff Bagwell. They're in Atlanta they're next week. They're in Seattle, then they're in Atlanta the next week. Yeah. No, they did it on purpose. It changed. But, I mean, I know Buff's a bitch backstage, and Shane Helms threw a water bottle at him or some shit. They wanted to just bury WCW. He got shitty about it, and then his mom called in work to tell Jim Ross it would come in to work. They had writers in the back just wanted to bury WCW and be done with it. Yeah. I mean, I feel Secretly, like, Bruce I feel like Buff could have went on the road, though. I don't. <laughs> I don't think he didn't want to fizzle out as quick as uh, Kurt Hennig. <clears throat> he didn't work out for TNA very well either. Right. He was a the secret guy behind the door, right? Anyway, the NWO, though. <laughs> yeah, 25 years. <laughs> it's been 25 years this week for the NWO. I don't know what It's it. actually NWO week in WWE, but they haven't done a single thing other than post pictures of people wearing NWO shirts. Well, we just watched a... It was maybe a 15-minute movie. Yeah, it was the best of the NWO moments. It really wasn't, though. I mean, it was, it was I mean, some of their good is. moments, but, like, there was a shitload of stuff. They could have made, like, a, a legit hour-long movie out of that, and they made, like, a 15-minute, like, montage of, like, just all Hogan doing things. There's a lot more shit that the NWO did without Hulk Hogan. There was also... Like the the stems from the NWO. Like they didn't say shit about Jay Leno. No, but yeah, that's what I mean. There's a bunch of <laughs> they didn't say nothing about Dennis Rodman. So, what, what's your favorite NWO? Uh, being serious or so? So, I mean, serious, yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, like whenever Vincent and um. Uh, Stevie Ray were battling to see who was going to be in charge of the NWO. They're having this fucking match, and <laughs> they were just highlight for you. they were just going hard wrestling. They were going so hard wrestling. Vincent had like blue jeans and a hoodie on, and um, then at the very end of the match, fucking uh, Scott Scott Flash Norton comes out and uses a slapjack and knocks Scott both Flash Norton <laughs> knocks them both out and gets out of the ring and says, "I don't know what either of them think. I'm the leader of the NWO," and just rolls off. That's the that's my <laughs> highlight of the NWO's twenty five years. That's the best moment they've ever had. Clint didn't start watching WCW though until like around the time Bret Hart joined NWO. NWO two thousand, bro. Silver, <laughs> fuck that white and black. It's silver and black. 
<laughs> so when the NWO was already done by that point. Jeff Jarrett yeah. and Kevin Nash. The three weeks that Jeff Jarrett came out with Bret Hart. The Harris Brothers, <laughs> Bret Hart, and fucking Kevin Scott Nash Steiner. got hurt. Mm-hmm. They tried to get was, Big, Big Sid to join too, but he went about Four it. months, it was just Jarrett and Ron and Don Harris. Yeah, this week, Guitar is slapping us with the NWO on yeah. and shit. It's bad TV. It's all bad TV. The NWO's best day was their first day. <laughs> so when Scott Hall showed up and said, you know who I am? No, no, no. The Bash of the Beach when Hogan cut the promo. Like so that, Hogan, that was it. And then like after that, it was all downhill. So when Hogan was revealed as the third man? Yeah. Like the NWO was the WCW. A Hulk Hogan was the favorite. The, the NWO was WCW like placating their own demise on TV. And it like played out like uh, two years earlier. Like if you think about like WCW came in like super hot and people really loved it and then the storyline went way too long and it got overdrawn and like they had way too much overcrowding and there were so many people that they ran out a little bit of money and then they got no funding and then it's like hey well like fuck this it's not making any money nwo super cool when it started fucking kept on rolling overpopulated to the point where no one likes it anymore and then it was like we gotta fucking just like it ruined wcw and then it fizzled out <laughs> and then it was like they wrote their own demise and like it's like a history repeating itself Almost. It's definitely a company being built on one story. Right, yeah. yeah. And I never realized that until like 25 years in NWO, and I was like, you know what? All this stuff that's been going on, like all the stories and stuff, like that's really the only thing WCW ever did that was super popular. Because WWE, WWE is, if you think about it now, it's even foretold the future of WWE because so many things happen as a result of Eric Bischoff, you know, going live, going five minutes early to give away the endings and all stuff. There's so much stuff that is a product of the Monday Night Wars that still exists today. And it's uh, just another storyline of WWE might so bad today. And it it made some people's careers longer, too. The longevity of some people's careers. Like Hogan had not been the third man. I think he'd have been done wrestling by 95, 96. He was already done wrestling for like two years. He would have came back to WWF and done absolutely nothing. Or it would have just held back a bunch of other dudes from being champion a lot lot longer. You know what I mean? Never been a guy like... Like Stone Cold probably would have never been champ. Or Rock never would have been champ. We almost came back to WWE in 97. I think that was just a ploy to get more money out of WCW. <laughs> I think he did that whole contract situation just because he knew if he went over there, they'd be like, well, we got to offer him all those other ways, you know. We'll lose all the ratings because if Hulk goes back to WWE right now with The Rock and Austin, all them people at the hot point, <laughs> it would have been over with for them. And I also think that if Hogan had not been the third guy and would have came back to WWF, I think Bret Hart would have left WWF and went to WCW a lot sooner than what he did because he didn't, like Paul Hogan wouldn't do the job for him. That was proven at WrestleMania. <laughs> and then he would be Bret Hart to be here Right, because fucking he wouldn't do the job for Bret Hart. Like that was supposed to, he was supposed to, get Hogan to lose to Bret Hart like two or three times and he wouldn't do it. Like, yeah, but they were going on an international tour to Germany and Hogan sold more tickets in Germany and across seats. Uh, I don't know about that, man. Bret Hart's an international god. Like, in England, because of not just there, voice man. not just there. He's in Japan and China, a lot of places where Bret Hart's super, super. Even today, like Michael Jackson, big. My fucker was um, big in the west coast of Canada. He was bigger than that, dude. Bret Hart was just a global fucking thing for a while. And um, but uh, on the latest episode of Something to Wrestle, Bret Hart's ninety three, and Bruce Prichard talks about it, uh, him and the problems, him, issues him and Hogan had with each other, where Bret was even like. What's the deal with him? And I guess Vince called Brett personally and was like, listen, Hogan's not going to take the ball for you. Deal with it. <laughs> like, you know, he's more popular than you are and like you're younger and we can mold you into something more. So right now you're going to lose to him and fucking eventually you'll get your spot. 
even though he's only going to be here for a fucking cup of coffee. Because like, <laughs> they knew they were going on that international tour, and they just wanted Hulk to have one last run, because he legit supposedly made WWE think that he was done wrestling, he was doing movies, he was going to do Thunder in Paradise. Right. And pulled the old fucking WCW. Yeah, then he showed up on WCW. Right, right. So, but yeah, man, NWO's best day was like, their first day after like they got like more than five people in the group the shit was all downhill so like, after, everyone was joining the NWO like every week so after DiBiase and Virgil Rude after after Sean Waltman number six right yep that should have been it they should have not added anymore it was the Giant right Hogan Hall Nash fucking Kurt Hennig fucking uh, Pac and then who was was it Rick Root first or was it Ted DiBiase first? first? No, TB, Ted DiBiase was fourth. Yeah, but I'm saying the first six were the Paul White, Hall, Nash, Hogan. Uh, yeah, Paul White went in for a while. I thought he was one of the first people. In there. Nah, he beat Hogan for the fucking title. Uh, yeah, that's right. Well, no, uh, they revealed Hogan as the third man at Bash at the Beach. All right. And then Hogan beat the Giant at Hogwild for the title. Oh, that's what it was. And then the Giant turned on, what is it, the, the Dungeon, Dungeon of Doom? Dungeon of Doom, yeah. And he, yeah, he went Kevin to the Sullivan, sure. He was part of NWO. I don't know how many people joined before that. Uh, Ted DiBiase was the fourth one because he was in the crowd holding up the four, like, four horsemen. Like, yeah, he was he, he was brought on to be the mouthpiece and the yeah. funding because like the three people that fucking knew how to cut a program. Right. WCW spending checks I didn't need to Ted DiBiase will just take it from WWE because we can and I think it might have been the giant fucking 6-5 right and I said like like I said after that and then came Virgil like, fucking Rick Rude Kurt Henning Scott Norton uh, Ray Trailer from Japan Yoshihiro right uh, to, I can't Tanaka 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 it's Tenzin and I think that'd be right that NWO storyline over there for like five more years I think it's still around over there isn't it no. Uh, no, now it's, time, I mean, now it's Bullet Club. Uh, Bullet Club is pretty much NWO over there. But yeah, NWO Japan, yeah, it ran for longer than yeah. NWO here. But yeah, they had, they had Buff Bagwell and Scott Snyder and fucking just like so many people that I, joined. I liked it when they had a storyline that brought them in, like Scott Snyder breaking up the tag team yeah. and then hooking up. But then that was it, though. There was no neck broke, and then it's, there was never any payoff to any of that shit, though. All the guys would like start a feud or like turn on their tag team partner, their brother, or their sister, their cousin. The shit was Snyder, Bagwell, and Rick Steiner and then, lay down for like, like two years. The next week it was like that shit with his broken neck and shit. With uh, him faking it, like three months later, and he like pops out of the fucking wheelchair, and does the buff stuff shit, because Rick had put him in the hospital like yeah, six months. Buff that walk sucks, dude. Dude, the whole shit was entertaining as fuck. He sucks, but that's not one of the worst <laughs> wrestlers there's ever been. So what is NWO? So what's your favorite NWO moment? I'm gonna have to say fucking uh, uh, Hogan and Rodman versus DDP and fucking Carmelo. Bulls were in their fucking championships. He's skipping fucking playoffs to go fucking wrestling. That that shit. match is really good, but you don't get to see Carl Malone and fucking Robin ever hook up with each other. Like, yeah, is that in the match? Like the only thing that happens is they run into. I think they bump into each other's backs at one time, but then they tag out like that. I don't think they were Carl Malone put the work in though, dude. He looked like a wrestler. It's like one of the. That's they never talk about that, dude. Athletes yeah. coming over to WWE all yep. the time and they shit the bed all the time. I think the last one that came over was Pat McAfee. That was decent. Yep. But like they never talk about how good Carl Malone was. It's not an athlete, but uh, Bad Bunny 
He actually was pretty impressive. Oh, that Morgan Punch he had, man. At WrestleMania. His WrestleMania match was good. But leading up to it, man, I don't know. Like, he's, he's out there. five foot two. He's out there, like, sandals. It's easy and to him around. Hey, he, he at least showed up and put the work in. You could tell. Yeah, he, uh, he, um, he fucking showed up and had, like, a shirt that was way too big and, like, sandals with they blue socks. He him some fucking spots. He yeah, didn't know jack shit he, about wrestling. He had, like, sandals with blue socks on, some fucking sweatpants, and a big old white shirt that was in. He was trying to throw a working punch, dude, and it just looked like the silliest shit ever. And someone picked him up over his head and was spinning him around, and I was like, he's got fucking pajama pants on. Like, what the fuck? Make this dude. Everybody else has to wear a fucking suit, a three-piece suit to Monday Night Raw. I think the last athlete that was decent was, uh... Floyd Mayweather when he just come in and fucking broke Big Show's nose. Yeah. Triple H sent him away, though. You seen the vignette where he gave him the gold mic and put him on top of the semi and made him drive off? Oh, yeah. Now you can go back on the road, cat. <laughs> took his fiery mic and drove away back, buddy. Well, yeah, he, he served his point to bring in the uh, people that wouldn't watch WrestleMania. Basically, yeah. yeah. Because I remember when he showed... What, what pay-per-view was it where he performed with Booker T.? Was it, Ro- was it Royal Rumble? And it was either that or the one right before that, but we were all sitting around. But our yeah, Zach we're all, we're all sitting here. Who the fuck he was? That, yeah, yeah, that's, but, that was what I was about to point out. We were watching him. We're like, who in the fuck is Bad Bunny? Our, uh, I think that just says how old we are, though. He's like number one fucking recording. Kind of, but see, that's the thing is I knew who he was, but I didn't know who he was. Because I've heard him on like three different songs before that. He was on, was on Fat Joe's newest album. He was at fucking uh, Super Bowl the year before that. With Jennifer Lopez and um and uh, what's her name Shakira, yeah he's he's the dude who came out and cut that at one point in time in the middle of that there's a dude that comes out and cuts a couple lines, and rap lines or whatever and that was that dude and then there's another song that he was on that I've heard before I didn't know that's who it was and then when I found out who it was like I was like oh that's what and like we were sitting here our buddy Zach uh, pulled up the lyrics to the song so he didn't know the fuck he was saying it. right they, uh, they did pull up the lyrics translated didn't help very much no I didn't translate something <laughs> all. but we were like sitting here and like he had just moved back to him and his wife had gotten divorced and he just moved back from Chicago and we were all sitting here watching the paper he's not a wrestling fan at all and like he was like what the fuck are you guys watching <laughs> uh, that's kind of like this week on uh, NXT when uh, you had Hit Row doing music celebration for the North but, American title. I'm like, yeah, I'm just fast-forwarding right through this because well, I thing. don't want to watch this shit. Here's the thing, though. Like, um, they did the rap song or whatever, and the one dude, like, they should have let Swerve probably go first since he's, like, the main guy in the group because the other guy, which is the big, huge dude, oh, top dollar. did his rap bars, <laughs> and his shit was, like, ten times better than what Swerve Scott's was, and Swerve Scott's supposed to be the leader in, like, the, of the North American champ. Like, should Probably let that guy rap first, and then the dude with better parts come after him. So let the guys better the rap go before him, because it made him look like he didn't deserve to be holding the belt in the top spot in the group. Also, like, all right, I'll give you my favorite NWO <laughs> moment. So then we can go into the North, or we can go back to the Great American Bash this week. Uh, one of my favorite moments was uh, with the Larry Zabisco match when Dusty left the commentary desk and joined the NWO. <laughs> I mean, Tony, Tony Schiavone just straight up left the commentary desk that, that night. Uh, no, no. Uh, he had the big red jacket on, he unzipped the red jacket and had the NWO shirt. The NWO shirt I've ever seen. Didn't make any sense for Dusty. <laughs> no, it didn't, but that was one of my favorite moments because Dusty was WCW. He always talked great about him on the desk and then all of a sudden it's like, what the fuck? No, no, well, that's what was my thing with the NWO. The guy yeah, overpopulated. So many people joined it just because it became so cool. Only so many times you go, oh my God, he's NWO. The best part's when you watch the, uh, there's a 
I think it's one of the documentaries on the NWO and it's got Cody Rhodes on it. And they talked to Cody and I think Cody was like 10 years old when that happened. He went to school the next day and all of his friends were like, what the fuck did your dad just do? <laughs> but uh, I feel like Eric Bischoff should have been the last reveal to the NWO as like the lead money man. I've been behind it the whole time. And then it should have ended. And instead it was like, he got revealed and then like 30 more wrestlers got revealed. And they still tried to pull that. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Like it was trying to build a whole separate company with him. Sure. Yeah, but it would have made more sense for his. Uh, you can't have a pay-per-view if everybody's a bad guy. Well, to me, it would have made more sense if it would have led up to like this, like <laughs> mystery it, of who's funding, who's funding the NWO, and then eventually you find out after all these dudes who are obviously overpopulated the NWO, and it's like, well, who the fuck's got to be behind this? And you find out it was Eric Bischoff. Instead, it was like Eric at like number eight or nine, and then like twenty-five more fucking people that didn't make any sense. After and that. then it became Sting against the twenty-five guys. Right, which made sense though. Cause yeah, we had, well, we had a whole, we had like a whole year lead, we had like a whole year leading up to that Starcade. Yeah, that was the end of WCW right there. Hogan didn't want to take the fall of Sting and Starcade, right? Yeah, Sting showed up. Fucking, he just got a divorce from his wife, had a DUI, was like forty pounds overweight. Fucking, was not pumped about it at all. And uh, Bischoff went back to Hogan, telling him that he's like, yeah, I can lose him in that shape, blah blah. blah. Like, and they did the whole slow count thing with the referee or whatever. And, and, then, and then it wasn't actually a slow count when you wanted it. Yeah. Do you think that's why Sting forgives Jeff Hardy for the TNA thing? Because he was so fucked off at fucking. Yeah, I mean. That's the most shit horrible piece of television. Right, but obviously Sting tried to pull the same show and Hogan and Sarkis. Actually, so that's not actually the most shit horrible, but it's on the same level as. Uh, Jeff Hardy matches or just in general? No, no, I'm saying in general, like the worst thing that's ever happened. Like three moments come to mind when I think of shit horrible things that have happened live on TV that didn't go the way that they were supposed to. Tell me all three of them right now. Fucking Jeff Hardy, Victory Road 2007. Okay. Motherfucking, what's his name? The Star Wars painted Shockmaster? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Oh, for sure. And the fucking ending of, uh, was it Double or Nothing? When fucking they're the exploding barbed wire line. Yeah. Supposedly Tony Khan said they're going to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> so we can have, so we can have another poof. He said he didn't pay for that. He didn't deserve to pay for that because it was shit horrible, blah, blah, blah. And, Oh, dude. It's like when you're watching the Jackass movie and he's got the, the baby powder on his butt and he farts it and it goes poof. I usually love pro wrestling. <laughs> I usually can't wait to watch it every week. And I have it in like a year and a half. And then like I got half interested in that. And then just, oh my gosh, here it goes. The clock is ticking down. Poof. That was my hope as a wrestling fan going on. <laughs> and it came from another fucking panic, panic attack. attack. Yeah, that's how they tried to save it the next week. <laughs> Hey man, he had to go out there to save his friend <laughs> from from the from the sparklers. <laughs> all right. Speaking of all the members of the NWO, who do you think is the most underrated? Best fifty dollars underrated. Vincent, he's the MVP of the NWO. <laughs> it's the truth. Who took all the bumps? Who came out there to get everybody hyped up for every match? There was even matches they were having where guys would get out in the middle of the ring and be like, "Where's Vincent?" Come on, Vincent, get down here and then wait for Vincent to come out and then restart the match back up and get back in the ring and start wrestling. <laughs> he is the most underrated. And not only that, 
Vince still wears the NWO shirts today. He still he and when he said for life, he meant the shit. All lonely, lonely Virgil. Right. Hey man, <laughs> he, he even he even makes uh, Brick Hogan pay twenty bucks for a photo. I mean, like Hogan <laughs> and 30, Nash. Thirty dollars for an autograph. Hogan and Nash <laughs> and Hall and all them guys wore the NWO stuff when they come to Raw as a gimmick and all that, you know, because it was super cool and over. It's going to give them a pop from the crowd. But Vincent wears that shit seriously. He still <laughs> believes that he's in the NWO right now. Vincent's the most underrated. I do believe so. Well, that's why him and uh, Teddy Jossie fell off because he was advertising that it was going to be him and a million dollar man at these conventions and shit. And he'd show up and no million dollar man, but Ted didn't have no idea of it. He was selling fucking like eight by tens from them back in the day with the million dollar championship. Well, had, had Ted not fucking screwed him over so many times, <laughs> then maybe he would have actually been like, hey, I need you to go with me at this convention. But he kind of, Ted kind of owed him. Vincent <laughs> put, put up with a lot of shit for Ted. <laughs> and helped Ted win a lot of matches. Helped him keep Ted, that million dollar championship. Ted was Ted was the one that brought him into WCW. That's true. <laughs> yeah, they brought him in as the bodyguard. I remember when they debuted. It's like, oh yeah, they were bringing in. Uh, it's going to be Vincent who was the bodyguard yeah, for couldn't call him and his name was a play on Dusty Rhodes shit. So when he came to WCW, it was a play on Vince McMahon shit. Yep. I, just, I don't know. He's a straight. I don't. And not. He just. He was always that guy for the NWO. He was the man. least entertaining part of the NWO. But when he was there... for the downfall. Like, no way. Vincent, the downfall already started. Vincent is the finger poke of doom. No, the finger poke of doom is the finger poke of doom. Vincent, if you think about it, when he was there, was an almost after he got there, was an almost every single angle that they... I bet you Vincent would come out 20 times on a Nitro. It's because he needed the money because he was making 20 bucks a spot. It doesn't matter. <laughs> How many? Have you seen Vincent in the NWO more than you've seen Hogan in the NWO? Ooh, I mean, that's that's a fucking fact. Later years, no, dude. From beginning to end, from Vincent's time from when he started in the NWO to the NWO, Hogan's gimmick and ran with it longer. He took Ted DiBiase's <laughs> ran with it too. Obviously, he just said he was making money off of it, and Ted DiBiase didn't even know. Man, that makes you a piece of shit. Well, he needs twenty dollars. Right? <laughs> to pay twenty bucks. I mean, that's America. <laughs> America. Vincent is number one in WO MVP. I think, well, well we even though he wasn't, even though uh, he's. The same thing. <laughs> I think my pick, even though he's one of the founding members, I'm going to say Scott Hall is one of the most underrated members of the NWO. I mean, he showed up, he started it all, and he always played third wheel to Hogan and Nash. Hey. Hey, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. I mean, he, never, I mean he, he had the abilities and the talents to be the world champ. No, he never, I think never, he's better than the world champ. He just didn't want it. Like, he couldn't have been world champ because the company wouldn't be able to handle it. I think WCW itself would have exploded. In the and also, he kind of got what he deserved at the end. Sure. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. When you ride that horse that long. <laughs> you know, but I don't I don't know. I don't think WCW... He, he himself probably wouldn't have been able to handle... Uh, becoming the champ so uh, I, I don't think that a company can handle Scott Hall as the world champion I don't think people I think people would riot but not in a bad way but in a good way. I would have been happy about Scott Hall as the world I mean. champion like, everyone would have like his very last match that he had when it was him it was a three way dance he was more powerful title. in small moments like fucking holding the stick and shocking Bill Goldberg I guess or he came out and he, he made NWO cool he came out and I'm taking a survey yeah, he was way over more than the survey was over more than Hogan as a champ. Who came to see WCW? Right. You know. Boo. 
when people came to see the NWO. Ah, survey says. Another one for the good guys. <laughs> you fucking throw the toothpick. Fuck yeah. I, I can go with that. <laughs> Scott Hall's a man, bro. And every company Scott Hall had wrestled in, even when he was in, was it AWA? He had like yeah. the full on fucking. Diamond stud, right? He had the full on just a mustache and the fucking straight up like. Handlebars all curly headed. Like mullet fucking curly headed gimmick. Yeah. Jack to the fucking gills. Yeah, he was way bigger back then than he was in WWE or on steroids, probably. <laughs> always had a real good wrestler, always put on a good show. Even now, what's on a good show at his age? So. He shows up. He does now. Uh, so if you had to pick up time, so if you have to pick between Vincent and Scott Hall, the black and white or the black and red, oh, black and white. Who are you picking? Black and white all day. Uh, I don't know how you could pick red and black because they were way cooler. Yeah, but time. black and white was Hogan, bro. Are you gonna go against? Yeah, Hogan? I mean, I'm a Hogan behind the sample, like. Macho Man, Kevin Knox is the cool factor. Right? How am I picking Hogan over you, man? That's fucking got my head messed up. <laughs> I mean, the, it was a so, short period. Red and Black only existed for like three fucking months. So Red and Black came about because they kicked Kevin Nash was too big. Scott Hall and, and Nash, no, or not Scott Hall, stayed. but right, Scott Hall and, and Hulk Hogan and decided that Nash got too big for his britches. Correct. And then there was a tag team main event, and at that tag team main event was the Giant and Sting against... Giant was a part of the NWO, but was with Sting wrestling against the Outsiders. And then they turned on Sting. At the end of the match, they turned on Sting and Kevin Nash and beat up both of them. And then like it was like the weirdest fucking match in the world that made no sense. Conan, Conan, Lex Luger, Macho Man, Kevin Nash, and the Giant. We're fucking the wolf back. Then that's when the giant switched and went back to the NWO black and white. So that's what, okay. So then it was the giant and sting versus who would have been Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. And then fucking giant pulled the old double, double side or whatever. And turned on Sting, who was his tag team I think partner. Giant Scott Hall later. turned on Kevin Nash, who was his tag team partner. And then like they came, like the giant came later. Cause he, was with Big Show for a while. It really didn't make any fucking sense. It didn't. The whole I know. switch. But the cool people ended up in the red. Like. Nah. I didn't see Vincent in red and black. <laughs> I didn't see fucking. Uh, I didn't see Sc- Scotty Flash Norton in red and black. Oh, you guys get me on the. Uh, was that most underrated? Was you remember? Man and Scott Norton was. Was that who you're... Yeah, I guess we did skip him on the underrated one. Right, Scott, Scott, Norton. Scott Norton was my answer. Scotty Flash Norton. I mean, well, he took the gimmick to NWO. He was the leader of the NWO in Japan. Well, so he took the gimmick and went to Japan with it for a while. So Yeah, and Scott Norton is bigger in Japan than he was ever. Oh, over yeah, he's still sure. hanging out in Japan? Uh, he is, but he isn't. Like Scott Norton, he came and like had a mullet and then joined the NWO and like shaved his head and started wearing like leather vests and like biker gimmicks. Well, he had the wrestling, so he had the singlet that had the fucking bricks down the side that had the NWO spray painted on the fucking brick wall. Yeah, but then he had like the he like shaved his head and tried to look like a Harris brother for a minute. He had like weird fucking like biker vest and shit he wore, and I was like, what are you doing, Scott Norton? Like, Dude, he's a. I give Scott Norton more credit for getting Rey Mysterio. On the fucking main stage of anything. Hey, you're gonna give that LWO gimmick up, man. Fucking like that's the end of it. And Rey Mysterio was like, "Nah, hey, I'm Roger Smith, the giant me. killer." Fucking. That's another thing that that shit happened, and it was so good that they put him in there with Kevin Nash, and he beat Kevin Nash too. And no. it was just like, boom. It ain't even about Rey the masks. It ain't even about the masks no more. 
Right. They ruined that whole shit when they're taking his mask off. They shouldn't have done no, it. They, were, they weren't selling fucking mask gimmicks like fucking WWE went. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody else had lost their mask pretty much at that point. Right. And Ray was like yeah, the only he, one who had kept it. And like, I feel like Eddie, should, or not Eddie, but Ray should have just stuck with it. With the mask, and he could have still done the gangster gimmick with the mask. So while they took it off of Hooventude, everyone and Hooventude bosses to Jericho. Yeah, and then Psychosis loses his too. Psychosis lost his, but then he just left. He's like two thousand. He's put WWE. I think one of the only ones that didn't lose his mask was Laparca. And Super Crazy took his off eventually too. The dude that took over Laparca after the WCW Laparca got murdered. Yeah, there's been a couple of Laparcas. He's like. He's like joint the clown almost. Which right now, Laparka is the MLW Tech Team Champions with his kid. Like it's original? A, like the chairman? Yeah. Really? Original Laparka from WCW and WWE Revenge. I came running out the chair. Yeah. Yeah. And fucking smoke people in the chair every time. You start with him because you can start with a weapon. So like he would there's use a, that. There's a, group, there's a group in uh, MLW. It's called Laparks. And there's like four or five of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like a free bird rule. That's kind of entertaining. It is, but they all need the same spot. And, uh, and they beat uh, they beat the Von Erichs for the tag team title. It's like the Dwight's Knicks. MLW is underrated. Like I should watch that. Bro. Which uh, actually today's June t- or July tenth, and uh, Battle Riot happens today. So, really? Yeah. The bad part is I can't figure out where the hell it's uh, streaming at to watch it. Oh, uh, by TV. Nope. So. Um, on a Great American Bash, they had a tag team championship match for NXT Great American Bash, not WCW. It was Chompa and Thatcher versus the MSK. And so um, when they're coming out, they show their accolades as they're coming out to the ring and shit. And they had like Tommaso Chompa, former NXT champion, tag team champion, all this bullshit. And it showed Thatcher, and you know what it said? Undefeated in Raw Underground. <laughs> oh god, we're all underground it's fucking garbage. I almost fought the couch out laughing so goddamn you know hard. I was else, like, that's how you're gonna try to put him you know over. Who else like, was un- you know who else was undefeated in Raw Underground? No. Commander Aziz. That's what they were saying, Commander Aziz. Dabo Kaba. Yeah, yeah, I just started laughing so hard. I was like, he was in the Imperium group and did a few things in, in NXT that are way more notable than being like an undefeated like Raw Underground. Hell, hell a better a better, ac- <laughs> a better a better accolade for Tim Timothy Thatcher is he's undefeated and pit fights on <laughs> NXT. They could, just, they could have just put down like that, like the, you know, maybe fat as Thatch can wrestling or whatever. I was going to say, he, he beat Matt Riddle in a pit fight and he beat uh, Tommaso Ciampa in a pit fight on <laughs> NXT. Yeah, it doesn't make no sense. I was like, really, you're going to put that shit on there? Like, Actually, I, <laughs> and, that's an accolade. That's and, then if I rem- and then if I remember correctly, <laughs> he already lost, or he's already missing teeth and I'm pretty sure Champa knocked out another one in that match. Jeez. <laughs> it's a good match. It really is a good match. And um, I don't like Thatcher at all, but I tell you what, man, like he was selling good for the MSK. They were beating the shit out of him. All. But there's a dude, they had, I think they got a little mad. And there's one spot where they do this huge move to him. And like the one dude does like a shooting star press in the middle of the ring. And the other guy pushes him. And like, as he's doing the shooting star press, he's like away from, then Thatcher's laying on the mat and he does a shooting star press away from his body. And the other guy pushes him midair and he lands on him. And the referee goes down to count to three count, and he does the one, and Timothy Thatcher kicked out immediately. And I was like, no, dude, you got to sell at least a two count on a big move like that. And, like, like, it just didn't, like, it looked like they looked like they were mad that he didn't. <laughs> like, why are you not selling for us, bro? Honestly, the only knock, I think, on that match was uh, it ended in a roll-up. Yeah. <laughs> 
But NXT doesn't do that very often, so it's kind of like MSK, MSK squeaked out a win. Yeah, well, they tried to make them look like the underdogs, even though they were the champions again, because I think it's because, um, you know, Ciampa's been a world champ before, so, you know, you don't want to make him look like he's not trying to get him over while you're getting over while getting yourself over at the same time, you know what I mean, or whatever. So, And MSK kind of looked like the, the heels going into this match a little bit, I felt like. They kind of tried to make them more, like, dangerous and serious looking going into the shit. Well, that's because ever since they that's because ever since they shown up, all they do is they've been a comedy act, high flying, yeah. yeah. Like the what was it? Uh, uh, when they came out with the popcorn in the corner with uh, Beth Phoenix, yeah, yeah. 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 I thought that, that was, shit was kind of funny, but you know, at the same time, like it was very gimmicky. Yeah, I get it. I don't think that they're getting over like they wanted them to because they don't have the third rascal with them. Well, they can't. Have them. <laughs> They can't do the stuff that the Rascals used to do on that, Impact either. That too, like I, like the like when they were in the treehouse. Yeah, like like I said though, I think it was better as a trio, and without the third member, I feel like it's not as good as what it was. But like you said, they're they're in, like having rich shit written for them now instead of them kind of having I think more of a what do you guys kind of want to do tonight, and then we'll write something for you with your idea as well. You know, not a lot of creative freedom in the WWE. And then the other tag match that happened on. The Great American Bash was the Women's Tag Team Championship match, yeah. and you had the way, which is Candice LeRae and Andy Hartwell against Io Shirai and Zoe Starks, and we have new Women's Tag Team Champions. Yep, I think uh, Candice LeRae is going to go to the main roster. I think Johnny Gargano might be going to the main roster well, as well. Well, the thing is, they kind of just ruined what they were going for, because mid-match, Tegan Knox shows up and goes after Candice LeRae, which, when Candice kind of freaks out, that Tegan was back. Well, I think uh, it was that's what that's what <laughs> Bailey tore her leg off. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They kind of already screwed up what they were going to do in NXT because <laughs> Tegan Knox debuted on SmackDown like last I, night. Like I said, unless they decide to 2001, yeah. unless they decide to run that storyline up to the main roster, and then also you had uh, you had the uh, backstage interview with Tony Storm yeah. and uh, what Sare wants to wrestle Tony Storm, and then. Last night. She's coming to the main roster too, right? Yeah, last yes. night on SmackDown, they, they had a promo of coming soon, Tony Storm. They need to, like, they should have waited for the, because they did the women's number one contender and made it Carmella or whatever. They should have waited until the live SmackDown. I think like Tony and, Storm was bigger than NXT. Well, that's what I was going to say. Tournament show. When, 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 yeah, she's a May Young Classic winner. She's in, in, Instead of making Carmella this year the number one contender now, they should have waited until they have the live crowd and then announced like Carmella versus Tony Storm for the number one contender, or had Tony Storm come out that night and like, like have them like announce Carmella's number one contender and then have Tony Storm come out to a huge fucking pop because you know she'd get a big one her music hits and then well, she comes in and makes some sort of statement and then I guess Adam Pearce or whoever's in charge of SmackDown have to be like, she's right, we should have a number one contender match, Carmella versus Tony Storm, winner that's number one contender that. versus. They're not going to. They were even they were made Carmelo number one contender. Yeah, yeah so now they Tony, have a match for it. WWE, bro. Ed, Ed showed up and he's number one contender. I could yeah, show, I don't I could see, show uh, up and be number one contender. I don't see Tony Storm showing up until after Money in the Bank now. Man, I could show up and be number one contender next week. Yeah, you could too. All 40 out. Adam Pierce well, is fucking running. Did you know Clint's wrestling name was 40 out? That's pretty sweet. Yours was right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, uh, Sony Deville is the one that's making the women's decisions on SmackDown. You're how excited he was about my man. <laughs> that is pretty sweet. Did you, uh, did you hear the second <laughs> No, dude, that dude was trying to give me Are a fucking... Are you going to? 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, was that the one where you're telling me about the guys like, hey, can I give you a pedigree? Yeah, I was like, you know how? He's like, no. I was like, no, definitely not, though, sir. <laughs> what the fuck you you're just going to give me some shit you've never done before, and you're like three times my size? Yeah. Don't give my hand crushed. Did you wrestle Draven? No, it was some big giant dude. It was like a big guy. I mean, he had like a fucking like handlebar mustache and like a weird, weird oh. like he had like leather pants and cowboy boots on. And like he looked like he was out of place, dude. He had like a yeah, no, I was dreaming. He had like a black with the. I like, wrestled him once and he didn't know what he was doing. I wrestled him once and he got excited and he gave me a big boot to the face on the apron. I fell off a motherfucking apron and took a back bump on the concrete floor of a gymnasium. Yeah, did you want to put it in my ass? It scared me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I gotta take it. I guess you hit me with it. How the, how the hell did we just go from Tony Storm to talk about you guys wrestling in a gymnasium? Know, I, we, me and him wrestled each other and they gave us like an extra fucking 10 or 12 minutes to go because we made a referee quit. Yeah, it was so real. He was living the gimmick. I was. <laughs> Paul Neil D'Lo Brown told the referee he sucked. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the dude actually took us apart. So you so you broke his heart and he had to quit? <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> cried about it that night and talked to his mom and never went back. Old Bob can't. He runs the dirt league and he's furious. Did, did, you, have to, did you have to did you have to come did you have to come out next week and apologize? <laughs> no, bro, it was uh, it was before uh, it was before PC things. So oh, all right. I did apologize to him though, but you know, I don't think it mattered he still quit. He was gone for a while. I seen him after that. Oh my goodness! I didn't know that shit until way later. <laughs> I'm so fucking hard. I felt bad. I really did because I didn't mean it like that. That's first move. Like he I'm comes just... in and throws me down, and he like wraps me up in the dumbest fucking craziest submission. Like grab both legs, pulled both my arms back, grabbed my cheek, gave me a fish hook, pulled everything back, and then fucking. I so, couldn't get to a rope or fucking make it look anything. I was just sitting there dying. He was in my ear going, he's up here going, he's up here going, he was on my ear going, you gotta let me go, I can't get nowhere. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so you just straight up uh, Zack Sabre Jr. did just grab whatever the fuck was available and start pulling? <laughs> kind of, I don't know. Like, so yeah, like, he wrapped my ankle like with his knee. I was trying to give him that, uh, like an STF, I think, and it just worked out a different way, and it looked really killer because everybody was like, "I don't know what he's doing." That's because he's in a lot of pain. Fucking killing me. <laughs> the announcers were like uh, announcing. It was like um, that MTV wrestling that they have, where the announcers, like the crowd, can hear the announcers, so you can hear the announcers while you're announcing, and like you could hear the announcers going, "I don't know what kind of move that is, but he looks like he's in a lot of pain." <laughs> Dick's in my ear going, "Dude, you gotta let Marvin go." I can't get him. And I was like, "Oh shit, I guess I'm doing that." So I just kind of let it go, and we both got up, but he was like. Uh, Way to good man. His gimmick was the redneck. He came out to uh, save a horse, ride a cowboy. That's a, that's a terrible song. Right. That was his thing. <laughs> he, he just, people, people went fucking absolutely insane. But, um, like, also, like, there was a lot, a lot, a lot of rednecks in this fucking place, so it worked out real good for him. Wore a PBR hat, my yeah. Havana wrestling singlet, and jeans with a hole in them. Dude, it was <laughs> and, uh, man, I would, like, uh, bring a can of I'd have a can of chew and have like a <laughs> bottle of water with a uh, shredded beef jerky in it. And it kind of looked like spit or whatever, you know? So like halfway through the match, I'd roll out and like they'd follow me. And then I'd grab my fucking spittoon and dump it all over my head. He didn't do that shit to me, but. Crab, crab was all like, ah, that's disgusting. So you got the pop. Yeah, I turned heel too. Yeah. I didn't stick around. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I should. Where did you, you go to school at? <laughs> or did you just get in the ring and kind of learn how to go? Uh, well, my first, like, so I'd have, like, two weeks of uh, a workout, and uh, they were like, hey, put your heels on this line, and try to put your shoulder blades there. And I just took a bump, and, like, two weeks later, I had a match where they pulled me out of the audience. Like, some dude was, the world champ was talking shit to the audience, 
and I was in there like we were playing some in the audience and uh, I was sitting there talking shit the whole wrestling match like everybody in the audience knew who I was by the time he called me out or whatever because I'm like oh you're fucking laughing or you're cheering for that guy what an idiot blah blah and they uh he calls me out. I'm like, shut your mouth. Jeez. He's like, what do you think you can do better? Get in the ring, blah, blah. And then, uh, you're, uh, Santino Morello. He pulled me onto the ring and, uh, threw me against the ropes and then threw me into a hip, what turned into a hip toss. I don't know. <laughs> like, usually people, I was like expecting the clothesline or maybe a shoulder or something. He like hip tossed me and I just went with it. And it looked real good. Hey, the good thing is you just set up a hell of a thing for us though, because this week on AEW, you actually had a fan try to uh, yeah. <laughs> go after MJF. Trying to rush the ring. Jericho punched yeah, him in the face two or three good ones. That's called real heat. Yeah, there, that was a whole really good segment outside of um, that dude trying to jump in the ring. Like, Jericho and him cut a couple of really good promos on each other. Then when he found out the stipulations to the matches and stuff, Jericho actually legitimately, even though he's kind of got the, the big man face now, he had like uh, like the eyes, the way he was able to sell it with his face, the looking kind of worried about what he's going into was pretty good. And that's that's one big thing that like WWE's missing right now. I feel like that the AEW's got over him. No facial expressions when something happens. Like you can no. sell like a gimmick, like when Cactus Jack came back after being gone forever, and, and Triple H looked legit fucking scared after he was like ruling the WWE right before right before Mick fully retired, like. Like when Hangman came out uh, and Kenny Omega was in the ring, Kenny Omega looked like he was scared to death. Like he sold it real good with his face. Like, oh shit, Hangman's coming. Like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Well, that's because Kenny he knows that Hangman. And there's. he knows Hangman is the one person that can actually fucking beat him. Well, WWE, like, cartoonishly does shit like that now where it just it, it doesn't come it's across. Just good actors. Right. And it doesn't. And, and the writing's bad. And I feel like that. Sh- oh shit. I feel, like that, I feel like that fucking carries over into the regular show and you can tell that it does like I said when Natalia and Tamina knew they were going to lose Natalia come out and have boo-boo face on you can tell on her face that she was going to lose the match that's, that's, a, that's like Mark Henry his thing on the radio that's what he said this morning he said he was watching it with his son he goes I told my son when they came out I said Natalia's going to lose and they're going to lose the titles and he told my son or he said his son was like what do you mean he says look at her face Boo-boo face can tell you. He said, I know because I used to have it all the time when I was hurt. When I wrestled too. They told me I was going to lose. He said, I had the most shit horrible face. Like, yeah, that, that, he goes, I wasn't happy about it. I'm going to do it. But yep. Yep, you could tell when I was going to lose a match that I didn't want to lose. <laughs> that steam from WrestleMania started to run out for the uh, writers. Or not probably the writers, but Vince McMahon in the back as far as Natalia and Tamina go. They never was on Vince's radar, and they the thing, fuck aren't. The thing is, they don't have a women's tag team to actually take the titles. They used to, but they fired him. Um... See, Vince McMahon yeah, probably looks at yeah. Now, Vince, now Vince, it's the inspiration. Vince McMahon looks at... What company are they in? They're not with, they're the, not with the company they're yet. They're, uh, yeah, their non-compete clause... Their non-compete clause expires tomorrow. Yeah. That fucking the Billy one or whatever. Really she did stupid shit before she got fired anyway. Uh, Actually, her shit was... Tag team partner. No, she was trying to be a manager. Movies. She was trying to manage people. And she kept trying to give her headshot out to people. Fucking hilarious, dude. Some of her yeah, shit she, was really good. She man. actually took uh, advantage of the 20 minutes of, or the 20 seconds of screen, screen time they were yeah, getting Yeah, she was funny, man. And they actually put her with Carmella for a minute. And I felt like it was kind of a neat little dynamic. And they're like, how fired What? <laughs> they should have never broke those two up. They didn't do no, anything. No. They should have never, never broke them up. They were, they were the only legitimate tag team that they had in the WWE for the women. And the other one. Well, well besides, besides uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. And they broke them up, too. 
They should just have a women's tag team division. They can't even figure out how to have a tag team. When they division. started it, it made sense because they had the women's revolution going on. They had the evolution pay per view, and they had all these women they were pushing. And then, like, like they're all gone now, pretty much. <laughs> it made sense because they had so many, and then like, oh, like, uh, you know what? We're gonna dial it back and budget cuts, and here and you and you, and then we're gonna break this team up, put you on this show, and then man likes you, so we're gonna put you here. Then we're never gonna use you ever at all. And by the way, we're gonna let you go. <laughs> yeah, because uh, when they broke up, I remember reading several reports when they broke up the Iconics, they were going to push Peyton Royce, and yeah, uh, she was the blonde that Vince likes, and then the next week she had different colored hair, mm-hmm. and never they put her with. Uh, she was doing really good. Lacey, too. they put her with Lacey Evans. She got pregnant. Yeah, and, they, and then she actually was doing had a pretty good little run there, and yeah, all of a sudden it was a, just like she had a really good match with Oscar. Yeah, we're fine. We're fine. Fuck it. But yeah, no, those guys' uh, non-compete is up tomorrow. The only issue that they're going to run into is they're not U.S. citizens, so they have to be sponsored by a company to be able to get a working visa. Tony Khan's got them, I guarantee Well, the thing is, Tony Khan doesn't have a women's tag team division either, though. They don't need a tag team division. They can come out and they can both throw up singles and just cut shit or promos on people. And probably not even that. They probably just they probably get over... I really, I really think that... Uh, <laughs> Next Saturday night, you have Havoc and Rosemary against Fire and Flavor for the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championships. Whoever wins that match, I think the Iconics, well, the inspiration shows up, challenges them for the titles. Maybe, but I don't know if Sean Spears being an AEW, I can see them. Yeah, but they can they can cross over because if they can write another contract with the Forbidden Door, they can go to AEW still. I guess that's true. Even though we know. haven't had a woman crossover between... AEW and Impact yet. I feel like Tony Khan's going to scoop them up. They should cut Impact off just let it die. They should. <laughs> I think their own network's trying to kill them because Brent said the other night he had it. Yeah, yeah they're, it's Access TV. But they're, uh, they're yeah, that ECW last, kill it secretly. Last week, uh, uh, I have my DVR set for Thursdays at 7 because I got shit going on, so I don't always watch Impact when it's on. <laughs> It's and not important uh, enough to watch live is what he's trying to say. Yeah, I can fast forward through shit. I don't want to watch it. But uh, I mean, it's it's not bad wrestling. But I don't think it's like the twenty five thousand viewers. No, it uh, the report last week it had its lowest rating in a while, and it had sixty nine thousand viewers. But uh, something happened with uh, the guides for uh, Directv and all that. And yeah, my DVR didn't record it at seven either. It uh, recorded it at ten when it thought it was a new episode because they still had whatever TV show was going on at that point in the time slot. See, they don't so, care about it so much. They random, whatever random fucking Ray Romano fucking bullshit was on, they went ahead and played it over before they even started which, wrestling. Which the crazy part is, normally BTI, which is another Impact like weekly recap show, is normally on the hour before, which they keep trying to get people to watch it too, and they keep trying to put matches into it now that lead into Impact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh yeah uh so when access tv is playing some bullshit some movie some kevin costner film or some bullshit and said eh, we're gonna just fucking push impact let's fuck it so yeah impact they, they don't want to count schedule here right yeah that, so that's that's why they think that that's why they think impact had its lowest rating last week they don't but, want to succeed. i'm tired of that wrestling that's bullshit. still really small 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 right that's uh we don't need yeah, to show got 250,000 well, people I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Normally, it's between 100 and 200 thousand. That's tiny. That's well, the lowest wrestling crowd that 
has ever been on TV. I think well, Wrestling Society X on MTV. That's MTV another thing, too. Is, does DirecTV offer you access TV, or do you have to ask, like, get it separate, like, uh, as a special? No, it's part of my package, which I just have, like, a basic one. I know. I'm not seeing the impact. charge you extra to have fucking access. I have never even heard of it. Uh, right, exactly. So I thought maybe it'd be they, do, like, they have a lot of concerts and stuff on it. And I thought maybe it'd be like because there's certain packages you can get direct TV, like music packages where you get a shitload of music channels or news channels. Like, you know what I mean? Or you don't have to get that package. So it might be in something that other like people are in. package has access on it. No, but there's just certain channels that show that shit, like, like, I, like Pop TV and things like that, or in packages. So. Like I don't know how many times a night I'll be flipping through the channels and. It, just go by access, and it's like, oh, a Metallica concert. Oh, an Iron Maiden concert. Oh, look, hey, Some this that stuff is pretty cool. Like Steve I. I'm like, oh shit, I'm just gonna watch this and go to sleep. They had um, when I had Directv, they played um, uh, a fucking uh, Queen at a live aid. Shit was cool. Um, uh, it was really neat to watch on fucking TV. <laughs> and it's you know, I mean, they put it, they upgraded as best they can to look really, really fucking good. So going going back to the women's talk though. Also on Impact this week, uh, Gail Kim made an appearance. Uh, Diana Parrazzo is the Knockouts Women Champion. Gail Kim is the Women's Revolution. Mm-hmm. She's definitely a big part of it, but I don't know if she is. Yeah. But uh, Diana, De- she's definitely like during the Divas time was like the chick who came and was like, "I'm not here to fucking look like sex. I'm here to wrestle." And this was like, "No, you gotta put this bikini on." She's like, "No, bro." I'm and then one time was ahead right. of it, dude. She came in and had the whole knockouts division. Yeah. The best fucking women's division ever to be. They, TNA kind of already had the before Gail Kim went there. Though TNA kind of had already been pushing. Mm-hmm. And she went there and perfect. Like I feel like she went there. there. I feel like she went there and like helped perfect it. But I mean, they were outside of the one chick who was champion, right? The, the first one was team champion. That's that's a good question. Well, we can find out on Google. Um, but yeah, I do know, forever, I do know they had the one chick that was like over the top, like when they first started, like trying to grind on other chicks' faces as their special like, move or whatever. And, and then they had a couple celebrity females that went in there and tried to like from like uh, like real, real world, but like shows like that that tried to become wrestlers. The inaugural champion was Gail Kemp, yeah. who defeated Miss Brooks and Chris Christy Hemi. Uh, awesome Kong. I don't know. There's a bunch of people. So it was like it was awesome a it was a gauntlet. Was a it was a gauntlet. And I know she was there kind of right before, like right at the same time. time Angel, Angel, Angelina Love, oh, oh, yeah, Jack, so Jackie Moore, Velvet Sky. Not Jackie Moore, but I feel like all those guys. Were, about Jackie Moore. All those guys were all part of that coming out from the women, yeah. especially Awesome Kong. Like she was like. I forgot about her because she wasn't around long awesome enough. Awesome Kong and ODB, dude. And um, Velvet, Velvet Sky. Which ODB uh, came back recently on Impact. For like a, like the Royal Rumble match, right, though? Where they call it all in or whatever. For the Casino Battle Royale. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, she didn't show up for that. Uh, she came back to tag team with Jazz, and uh, she ended up challenging Deanna Peraza for the Knockouts Championship and one of the monthly Impact Plus pay-per-views and then we haven't seen her since. Hmm. Last night seen she was uh, running a fucking hot dog stand on the beach in like Miami. So she's making money, bro. That's all that matters. But on uh, this week's show, <laughs> right. on this week's show, Gail Kim showed up and came out to the ring and had Deanna come out and she goes, they start having their thing and Deanna goes, well, I already know where you're here and my answer is yes because she thought that Gail Kim was going to challenge her for the title at Slammiversary. And she goes, no, that's not what, that's not is what is going to happen. 
she's like me and Scott Demore. I've already picked out an opponent for you, and you're the greatest champion that Impact's had since pretty much me. So uh, since pretty much me. Uh, well, she's held the title for pretty much all of COVID. Now, Miss Brooks isn't she the one that was in Playboy and is married Frankie Kazarian now, and that's his wife. Miss Tessmacher. Yeah. Uh, that, be, no, Brooke Tessmacher. Right? Is that her? Miss Brooks. Uh, the same chick, I'm pretty sure. I kind of know. Her real name's Tracy Brooks. Yeah, whatever. Tracy Brooks. That's yeah, Frank that's Frankie Kazarian's wife. She was the one who was, uh, when Dusty Rhodes was there, she was his dude. She was the chick with the clipboard sitting in the truck next to him the whole time. In TNA? Yeah. The Dusty Rhodes. When he was always in the back bed of the truck with the fucking hay bales, yeah, yeah. she was the one with the cowgirl hat sitting next to him with the big ass. Uh, what was the other chick's name? SoCal Val. She was, yeah, uh, she was one of them too. Part of it. Yeah. But now uh, Peraza will be going up against a mystery opponent that she will find out who it is at Slammiversary. So, Awesome Kong. Who do you guys think it is? Well, you said Awesome Kong. It's not going to be her. <laughs> I don't know. Sable. I really don't know. I'd, uh, it'd be crazy. If Chelsea, Chelsea Green's non-compete clause is up July 11th tomorrow. NXT chick. Who was the uh, injury prone? She is, but uh, she's a former knockouts champion too. Her Laurel Van Ness character, her batshit crazy, like oh really? That's the same chick. Yeah. So that's who I think is going to show up at Slammiversary. I don't know, man. Especially since Matt Cardona is part of Impact, and that's they're engaged. Which one's Matt Cardona? That's Zach Ryder. Zach Ryder, right? Yeah. He's gonna have to worry about sitting in the hospital after getting his head cut up by Nick Gage. Oh yeah, Nick Gage already said he's gonna slice his ass up with that pizza cutter. He was on most of the other day, and they let him go for like twenty minutes. And it's I don't Nick Cage or Nick Gage versus fucking Zach Ryder. Yeah. Zach Ryder yeah. for yeah. what? Just the hardcore no, no, GCW match. Yeah, GCW heavyweight championship at uh, Homecoming Part One. It's July twenty fourth on Fight TV. He, he was on uh, Nick, <laughs> Nick Gage was on Bust Up the other day, and he was like, "I respect him for everything he did in WWE." He's like, "But this ain't that fake bullshit." He's like, "I'm gonna fucking cut him up." <laughs> his, he goes, his forehead ain't never gonna look the same again by the time I get done with him. He's like, "He's a yeah. fucking idiot for he's coming like, down here and trying to." Yeah, fight he's like the he's like the first time. Words, uh, he said. Yeah, he's like the first time I hit him with one of those light tubes. He's like, "I'm gonna pick it up and I'm just gonna fucking stab him with it." He's I'm like, just, "He's going he's going he's going he's gonna feel the burn." That's what he said. He goes, "You don't know what it feels like when that stuff gets from." inside your cuts from the inside of these light tubes he goes he's gonna burn he's gonna feel it he's like he's gonna know that this is real men's wrestling down here and I was like dude there ain't no fucking head ever, <laughs> ever wrestling no. he's died at the king of the death match right. like <laughs> oh, I don't even think Terry Funk wrestled that dude I know I, actually he used to be supposed to he, yeah, he went to prison for robbing a bank. But, <laughs> speaking, but speaking of Terry Funk, Terry Funk wants to come out of retirement. Did you listen to Busted he's, Open he's with Tommy? He got out of the fucking hospital two yeah, days ago. He's living in a, you didn't see that shit? Came he's out. been in very he's, bad health, though. He's, he's living in a fucking assisted care facility. has dementia. Yeah, which Tommy Dreamer came out. Foley came out and said, like, yeah, the situation is kind of right. But yeah, Tommy's like, Terry wants to make it into a storyline. So we, yeah. he's like, we, we, we can go back to Vince. We can go after a uh, secrets kid. Yeah. He goes, Roman Reigns or whatever. We can make money off of this. He goes, you book it. We'll do it. Fucking Terry. A whore. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, Terry Funk's a hell of a wrestler. He was, uh, they talk about how, um, on the, on something wrestling day that they were um, he's going to be shaking his head in shame at that AEW deathmatch bullshit I'm sure he did if he remembers it which uh, uh, speaking of the deathmatch stuff John Moxley wants to wrestle Onita 
And a deathmatch. And all they do is in Japan. In Japan? Yep. It would make sense that they do. It would probably be right over there. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm not a big deathmatch fan right now. I don't see no shit for them. Best fifty dollars I ever spent. Yeah, you spent money for that shit. I forgot about that. There was better matches than that on the card. Hey, and, uh, I actually, remember nothing but the fact actually next set. Well, Saturday night, we're spending forty bucks on Slammiversary. Oh yeah, yeah. well, I'll I'll pay for Slammiversary. You guys just gotta sit there and watch it with me. So I'm just gonna kick it on here while we're doing podcast and oh. let it ride. That's a lot of money for that shit. Well, the internet <laughs> doing what it's doing tonight. Hey, you might get to watch. You might get to watch Sammy Callahan win the Impact World Championship back from Kenny Omega. Sammy Callahan's a fucking doe dick, and so is Kenny Omega. <laughs> I don't like Sammy Callahan. No, I'm not a fan. Yeah, come over here and do podcast. He put like big boss man in like '98 and wrestles. He put Kenny Omega through a table on this week's Impact, and then he gave him his death driver. Kyle Driver. Oh, Ken Shamrock shows up and beats up Sammy Callahan. Fucking jazz kickers versus some fucking midget. Also, at uh, Slammiversary, we get an <laughs> ultimate. <laughs> His best match was with Tessa Blanchard when he got beat. Yeah, exactly. When she became. Where the fuck is she at? Uh, she's she, by the pool enjoying life from the last picture I seen. Yeah, she's hanging out with her. She's hanging out with Daga. Uh, she's in America. She's just not wrestling. No, she's not like most of the pandemic. Can, like, Mexico City. They're, they're back. They've been showing pictures of her like in the ring with like Sasha Banks and all kinds of other people and there's all this speculation. And she's still been doing that stuff and there's all this speculation of what she's going to do where she's going to go. But as of right now, she's just still just chilling and enjoying life. I think until they get back in front of legit live crowds, you won't see her again. So, and she might not wrestle ever again. And I don't think that really matters to be honest with you at this point. She's well, got, yeah, because they're, she's she has a record or reputation backstage of being a bully, and mm-hmm. now people don't want to deal with her. There's also been people that have really discredited that. relationship, too. Nah, that got thrown. That was completely fucking. They said that there was too many people that like it came and said that that didn't happen. So that chick was just mad and thought she had, had a spot that she didn't and made some <laughs> shit up. And, and anyway, uh, but there's been a lot of people who have discredited the fact that Tessa Blanchard is the way she is. But I mean, fuck, I mean, look at Ric Flair. Look at fucking Hulk Hogan. Look at all the great wrestlers you've ever heard of. How many people have been like, man, that guy was a super huge dick. How many years did Mick Foley and Ric Flair hate each other? Because hey, come on. You had, Rick, the, you had the dynamite kid shitting in people's book bags. Right. But like that was like that was fucking for funsies, though. Like <laughs> They did shit like that, that was for fun. Not being dickheads. Right. <laughs> they did shit like that for fun. Like Being a dickhead was like coming to the back after a hard-fought match and dynamite kid punching you in the face and breaking all your teeth out because you fucking hurt his arm on a fucking small spot in the ring. Like... Uh, but like I don't know, man. Like all the greatest wrestlers were like the biggest dicks in the back. Like I said, like Mick Foley hated Ric Flair for years because Ric Flair made a comment and said he's a glorified stuntman, not a professional wrestler. <laughs> like you're gonna get heat when you're the best, and I feel like that's all it is. Is people just hate her because she's that damn good, and she is that she damn, is good. Pretty damn good. Yeah, if so, she if she went to women's heavyweight champion, if she went to man, a, yes. if she showed up in AEW, she's instantly the top female besides Britt Baker. Right, I feel like she, I feel like she showed up in WWE and be her versus Charlotte Flair. Uh, can, but that only yeah. problem with that is, and I think the reason she, she hasn't showed up in WWE, she will have to lose to Charlotte Flair. You think she so? also wouldn't yeah, show yeah. up on the main roster. She's a Blanchard, not a Flair dog. Oh, uh, I, I think she. I think she'd go right on fucking. And wrong. they probably wouldn't even use her last name. They'd probably just call her. She could easily be the fucking. She could easily be the number one thing happening on Raw right now for about two weeks. Speaking even, of, even speaking Tessa of, uh, Becky Lynch. Back speaking of not using, back. speaking of not using names, when uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox came out, it was Shotzi and Knox. They didn't call them. They, they just called her Knox. Yep. 
Like Mike Knox? Her career is over. Both of them. I might as well go back to NXT. Like, you don't think she's over without the word Tegan? I mean, the, yeah, comment, I would, the commentary. I would accept Tegan before Knox. Knox sounds like a dude's coming to wrestle. Like Mike Knox. Which the commentary. Or like fucking Scott Norton. Like <laughs> Shotzi. Or like, they could, like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, it would co- make more sense for them just to call her Blackheart now. My, Michael Cole and Pat McAfee still oh, called, yeah. they, they still called them Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. But when they came to the ring, it was literally on the screen. It just said Shotzi and Knox. Yeah, fucking, they're, they're already, their careers are with already, and then it started. Well, they were, they were over with an NXT because they suck. Well, no, Tegan Knox is a really good wrestler, and she just had some straight-up injuries and it kept her off TV, and now she's on the main roster, so I don't see that going anywhere. Um, and Shotzi Blackheart is the drizzling shit. She's always been a tag team wrestler, as far as I know. I don't think I've seen her. Uh, no, no, she, she's had a few. She had a few matches against EO for the world title. but Well, EO's going to make anybody look like a million dollars, though. That's know. that's why she got partner. That's why she got partner with Zoe. No, she's not. I feel like they, they, she she could instantly go up onto the main roster and replace Oscar as they, as the Japanese female. Ido? Yeah, for sure. I don't know about the other one, but Zaylee. No, I ain't sure on her yet. But fucking all she can really do, good. all she can do is kick you in the face. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She knocked that one chick out. I guess. But I mean, you could plug her into Oscar's spot, but like. That's just the generic Japanese pop because Vince is racist with Japanese shit. He is for sure. Yeah, they're never going nowhere. They do kind of get a lot. Oscar's a shit. They probably wouldn't put her in matches, but she's never going to be important. They probably wouldn't put her her and EO against each other when they put them in a tag team. Right. And they pay EO's face up with weird green mist and having having EO win the tag team titles with uh, Zoe Stark. That's just EO. They're building Stoey's arc into a superstar. Placing her with Eo Shirai. That and Eo was on the world heavyweight title scene for like almost a year. Yeah, she wanted so, it. She wanted it in your house and lost it right before in your house. So she's got to do something different. She can't be there anymore. I think honestly that we might end up seeing Dakota Kai somehow end up with the NXT Women's title, and then her and Raquel end up finally breaking up. Because I've been waiting for that for a while. Because it doesn't make any sense. Raquel's yeah. kind of a good guy now, or face, and Dakota Kai is definitely still a heel. And they're trying to get Raquel Gonzalez over as like a kind of a not not heel champion. Then you've got Dakota Kai. They're kind of still keeping him in that heel area, and they're still doing tag team matches. So I just feel like at some point it's going to fizzle out. Now Tegan Knox is in the number one contender shit, right? Or not mean Tegan Knox. I mean Dakota Kai. And she have a number one contender for the. Uh, they're still running with the Ember Moon. I thought they did some kind of number one contender thing with like five of them or something like that. No, I don't think uh, Raquel has a number one contender, technically. I know she still has beef with uh, Ember Moon right now. I feel like they're going to bring her up to the main roster, though. I just have a... She's her and then the other one, too, that got knocked out. They're both going to be on the main roster. Mercedes Martinez? Yeah. She's already been on the main roster, hasn't she? I don't think so. Well, this is this her second time in the WWE, Mercedes Martinez? Yeah. So maybe she was once before they got rid of her. She's back again, then. So... I don't know, but that Raquel Gonzalez is probably the most entertaining woman outside of Candice LeRae, who's probably going to get called up herself, too. I think I think you're going to see a bunch when they do this this uh, thing in August. I think there's going to be a bunch of people get called up. A bunch of superstar shakeup. And then, like I said, with uh, Johnny Gargano, also him going into this match with... Um, I don't know why he ever went back to NXT. Uh, the, yeah, Joyce. Um, but the thing John, is, Johnny pretty much is NXT. Yeah, but I think him he, and Adam Cole. I think he might be getting called up though because the shit with Cross, 
where well they're kind of trying to get cross i think cross is kind of sort of becoming a heel with the promo he cut this last well i guess it's a great american bash the promo he cut um he but he, the thing he said in the promo was i i wake up every morning and i think about three things having the nxt championship and never losing it this is carrying cross main eventing wrestlemania and being wwe champion and that just sounded to me like in two weeks I'm going up to the main roster. So then I was like, well, maybe they will let Johnny Gargano beat him. But then Johnny was like hiding behind Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe the whole time, like giggling and shit. Like, and it was like they're not gonna let him win the title that way. Like, they better not fucking anyway. Or I'll quit watching NXT. Like, that's not the way he needed to win the belt. But he didn't come out with Austin Theory this week. And he cut his own promo and did his own thing that was not completely serious. But it was it was still kind of way goofyish. Like I said, he was trying to hide behind Samoa Joe the whole time, and, and like I feel like somehow. Well, well, when he first started with the uh, the Gargano way, it's all about me or whatever. That really didn't work out. So his newer like goofy character is actually starting to go over with people. So yeah, they're just, just they're just running with it. And then he got out of the ring, and Karrion Cross said something to him about not being serious or something like it's out of the ring, and he turns around and goes. He goes, something about being serious. He goes, but you couldn't lace up my wife's boots. And then the whole crowd was like, oh, like Johnny Gargano had him with the biggest fucking yeah, because, dart he ever could in his life. Because he, he asked Johnny when he got up in the morning if he put it on Candace's pants. Yeah, and then, because he had tight so skinny jeans on. And he's like, I might not put on my wife's pants, but you can't even lace her boots. And the whole crowd was like, ah, like the fucking place her up like it was the sickest burn of all time. And I was like. Johnny Gargano's a main roster flunky trash. So Ricochet, Aleister Black, the other fucking devil-looking ass dude were a failed fucking main roster experience because it's a lot of fucking indie hype. They, they were also Paul Heyman guys, and Heyman got relieved of his creative ability. You're talking about Austin Theory? I'm talking about those four I just named. Johnny Gargano, Ricochet, He's, Aleister Black. Ricochet's getting a little push right now, actually, uh, finally. The other fucking, who, the dude that they just fired or whatever, too. The, it was part of the second round of firings or whatever. You used to have the same gimmick. They had like six fucking matches in a row on Raw. Alistair Black and the other fucking dude to both sit down. Buddy Murphy? Buddy Murphy. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Murphy. Murphy. They're all, they were all NXT call-up flunkies. Yeah, so that's true. Johnny Gorgano fucking. Actually, I was kind of like excited to see what uh, Alistair Black was going to do with all those vignettes that he was doing. And then he said, well, fuck that, we're firing you. Yeah. I mean, he's a good enough wrestler, but I'm not into that fucking dark magic weirdo shit. Everybody wants to be The Undertaker. Yeah. And you can't do The Undertaker. But we might as well just go into it now. This week on AEW. Oh, yeah. Malachi Black. No, 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 no. Oh, you're talking about Aleister Black? I thought you were going to talk about the other thing. What other thing? Malachi Black? It's Malachi Black. The fucking, or Tommy End, whatever they're calling six different names when he first showed up. It's a... It's officially Malachi Black. They, <laughs> they put a shirt out within minutes of him debuting. When he first popped on the screen, Excalibur was like, I used to wrestle him back in AAA or some shit. He's like, that's Tommy End. And he's like, Tommy End. And he says it like seven times and he goes, wait, that's Malachi Black. And I'm like, yeah, like even the announcers didn't know what the fuck to call him. Wait a minute. Like, did they fuck up early in the show too? Because early in the show in QT and Cody's match, the lights go out and then come back on. No, that was supposed to be part of the build. Oh. They, I mean, they were trying. They were. They were. They were trying to play it off. Since, yeah, but I thought retribution was coming. Oh, they were doing that shit where they flickered the lights all the time. That shit. T Bar and Mace. Oh well, my well, God, T Bar and Mace are about to come out. Er, earlier in the day, uh, 
Alistair Black put out a uh, vignette. Well, no, it was, it was under Alistair Black's. Uh, he needs Insta- to drop Insta- his black name. Instagram. I feel like the name Malachi doesn't need black at the end of it. I feel like that holds him you back. Can, you can just go with Malachi? Yeah, like Children of the Corn, right? Just well, one I name? Not a, Alistair not Black a, made a, sense, like Alistair Crowley. Have you already been in Malachi in wrestling before? I don't know, but it just doesn't make sense. The black, the black last name doesn't make sense, I feel like, at this point. I feel like the Malachi name itself It's so that you know he's a, a WWE flunky. I guess, but I feel like the Malachi name is a big enough name that <laughs> you really hate Alistair Black, don't you? I don't. I just don't. Uh, nothing. I mean, it's not a. I mean, you might as well be Buff Bagwell coming out for AW. Um, like, I mean, instead he, of the fucking blockbuster, he does throws kicks. <laughs> I mean, he put he put fifteen years in on the. Uh, yeah. Indies, he indies before match. he came I'm just to NXT. Not into the weirdo fucking dark side fucking well, gimmick shit. Yeah, he's he's from sure. Denmark, so the whole Amsterdam uh, red. District, yeah, no. that that's like his character. Type he had thing. some really cool, like, oh, yeah, like I his entrance, know. his first entrance with the music before they changed his music in WWE was really sick. Well, like, uh, on NXT, it was good. Well, too. that's like what well, was it when he came out at WrestleMania? And there's like eighty thousand fans singing his. Uh, he was too music. much. Of, he was too much of a Goldberg esque built character. To, 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 like as soon as he lost on the main roster, I knew that it was over with because that was his thing in NXT. Like he didn't lose forever. And then like it came out and put him against a bunch of dudes who are like jobber guys, which you're not supposed to say that anymore. Enhancement talent. Well, they're jobbers. That's, that's just, they're jabronis. Jabrons. That's what they've been called for millennia. Millennia. And fucking like they did that. They did that show that everybody they're trying to build that. Throw them against like fucking Braun Strowman was beating up like seven dudes at a time. Like stacking them. And it, it just, they, and then like he lost. And I was like, oh. So when he actually wrestled someone who was legit, he lost. It's because they're spot monkey, no like, psychology using. It's because they don't know how to fucking write for him. And then they're like, well, we have to have you lose because that's the only way we can get you over is if you lose, you get it, right? And also Vince. No, I don't. Because you Vince, just ruined the also, whole fucking build. Also, Vince is never going to let another superstar get bigger than where's, the WWE. Where's the payoff? You know what I mean? Like, there's no. Like, that's <laughs> that's, the, that's a big true. problem with WWE is there's not a lot of payoff on a lot of shit anymore. I, there isn't and AEW's got that edge on them right now where there's a little bit more that's of a payoff in their show leads anywhere because then fucking terrible ain't what's because every Monday Night Raw is a whole new set bro like you just want you to forget what happened this Monday and we're starting fresh next Monday outside of the fucking championship yeah, yeah figuring two weeks ago Monday Night Raw was actually decently decent to watch and this week's, I think I fell asleep like an hour into it. Have you seen the highlights you had wrote down? Yeah. Zero. Yeah, I haven't watched it since fucking... I won't watch it until they have a live crowd back. I don't need to. So you got, a whole, you got a whole another week. It's it's bad. Badly promoted. And like I said, they had the writer that went on the fucking podcast and said... Rock Lesnar comes back. She, she didn't even Charles know Bobby, Bobby Lashley's name. About made me fuck it up just now. Thinking about her saying it wrong. Like, yeah, I mean, Bobby Bobby Ashley's a good fucking wrestler, man. Yeah. They got so many people. In, yeah, he, he cut his own promo. It, he was, he was, uh, shit was the shit. He, 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 was, he was in a group of, I think they were called the Hurt Business with mm-hmm. a couple other guys, and they were wearing suits, and they were real cool. And they were all doing something, and they were all relevant, and it was neat. And then now they're broke up, and what are the other two guys doing? Nobody knows. They were bad from the beginning. I couldn't even Cedric Alexander had a match on Raw this week, and I don't even remember. It's a tag team match, and it made no fucking sense right. as to either they're, why he was on it. They're doing nothing with them now. They could have absolutely kept that group together and still had them doing nothing but protecting Bobby Lashley the whole entire time. They were like kind well, of like building well, them as like to, a black four horseman, and then they're like, hey, you know what? Fuck that. We don't know how to write for you guys. And they only also, need, they only need MVP just, to do it now. 
No, I feel like they should have kept the group together, man. That was it was. I think it got too popular, and they didn't want it to get popular. So they were like, "It was a fucking." Paul Nelson, man. It still is. No, it's no, terrible. I think it's because the, the group was not over. They're fucking it was horrible. Cedric Alexander couldn't fucking draw a dime if he fucking put a gun to his fucking head and told him to do it. I don't know about that, but fucking, he, uh, I MVP think they were is fucking 10 years past his prime, and he, I couldn't even remember the name of the fucking group. I call it the Hurt Locker all the fucking time. <laughs> he did. Um, it's the fucking Hurt Locker. Right, uh, hurt Locker. I agree with Rich on this. For that whole year, every time they came out, I looked at my wife, and I'm like, ah, fuck this group. Let's Fast forward this. I don't know, man. I think they were somewhat over, and fucking, I feel like they didn't know how to write for them. And I, I guess it was I them versus the motherfucking uh, Retribution. Retribution. Tyler Mace versus fucking Cedric Alexander and MVP. Kind of, but not really. But they were on the budget cuts, but they only had some which, uh, with pandemic. Which Mason, to Mason T Bar had a match this week, and I lost to the uh, Lucha House Party. And, and there's still nice like they got released. No. Poor, poor Dominic Dijakovic, man. He'd be but, so uh, better off fucking. No, uh, Lucha, Lucha House Party beat him in like two minutes. Dijo I'm was Lucha losing party friend, to man. Lucha House Party. He was doing sick ass shit like backflip. backflip actually, top, actually, top the, actually, the only good part of that entire match is uh, Lince Dorado came out with his mask and it was Kane's. They need to do LWO with Rey Mysterio and Dominic and the fucking Lucha House Party all together. They should. And then let Ray be like the fucking mean group leader. And all right, we hit, people, and he can summon his cane and beat the shit out of them when they all fuck up all the time. <laughs> and then you can give Ray like um, the U.S. title because obviously they won't let him win the world title. All right, you'd have to get the uh, Intercontinental title because the U.S. title's on. No, we didn't fuck all that. It doesn't matter because WWE's belts don't matter. You give Ray the U.S. Title. <laughs> give Ray the U.S. title because he's a Mexican guy, so it makes sense. And then you got to put like. Apollo Crews up against him who's fighting for Nigeria and then you gotta get um, who's the big guy fighting for USA right now who's the Kurt Angle type of guy in WWE Otis Kurt Angle type of guy yeah, you gotta got, be an America guy right now yeah you got, you got you got Otis and Chad Gable yeah but aren't they kind of heels yeah they're yeah. Well, yeah who's the American guy he shaved his beard and shit dude. he doesn't have a neck well, you don't really you don't really have an American or guy or chin so neck or chin there's no American guy no there's no America guy in WWE for once? <laughs> no, not really. That's fucked up. But How is there no fucking wag flavin' because he, finger, mean, fucking thumb up, fucking baby? Well, Daniel Bryan's gone. White meat, white meat, baby face, fucking flag waving America. There's not one right now? Huh? WWE's fun. That's why nobody's watching WWE. He ain't for America. He's for the head of the table. America. And, no. then you, and then you got Drew McIntyre telling stories about his family's sword being built with the tooth of the Loch Ness monster. What? What the oh, fuck? Yeah. So yeah. that was a serious promo I cut too on Raw, right? So Drew McIntyre's taking psychedelics now. Yeah, he's three man banding it already. Wait, fucking clothesline in the mic. Stand. I can't help it, man. This <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't watch it. This is what I mean. Like, they can't take this type of shit and go back out on the road with it. It ain't gonna work. Ain't gonna work. Did you see on? Um, you haven't watched AEW, but the crowd in AEW totally, totally took that show and ran every direction they wanted to with it. Oh, yeah. uh, they're not gonna be able to pull that bullshit with the fucking crowd, a live crowd. Which um, Mal- Malachi Black's appearance was a huge ass pop. Yeah, he got a big pop. But so I mean, like, that whenever Jericho and MJF were in the ring, didn't he fuck up his ninety day no compete call? Like, no, uh, man, fucking yeah, they, for thirty days. Yeah, they never updated it when he moved from the main roster. Yep, so he fucked them in the end. 
Yeah, that's how forgettable he is. Like Vince has these things in place so superstars don't jump and do shit like that. Uh, he's such fucking is not over with this fucking dark magic bullshit. Honestly, honestly, I think Vince that forgot to give him on the ninety day and his and his first match or not his first match, but he's already starting the feud with Cody. Well, they see honestly, I think that you know Cody they ain't over neither. They, they, <laughs> they re-signed Zelina Vega to SmackDown right before Alistair Black fucking shows up in AEW. So I bet you they were probably thinking that you know we'll keep Zelina and then maybe they could get him to re-sign somehow. And instead, he went to AEW and they resigned him. So either way, Vince McMahon gets the last laugh because they'll probably get divorced now because she'll be out on the road all the time, way over here, and he'll be on the road way over here. And you know how them relationships work. Not very well. Not very well. Vince McMahon will have the last laugh in that situation. The thing is, how you said your wife and your career, pal. Damn it, pal. (laughs) (laughs) Thing is, how you said Cody isn't over. I actually agree, but the thing is, in the strap match against QT. Dude, powerbomb from the top rope. Fucking sick ass but Cody went to give uh, QT the fucking uh, Huda Karana from the top rope, and, and QT caught him. He jumped from the top from the top rope onto his shoulders. QT caught him and fucking powerbombed him off the top rope. Fucking awesome spot. Dude, the thing is, I'm tired of I've seeing been a Co- QT fans. Well, no, like QT Marshall sucks, but it was an awesome spot. I'm tired of seeing Cody always win these big matches. It's like you're you're already one of the top guys in AEW. Been a factor, bro. Well, no, he's already one of the top guys in AEW. But that's a sad thing to say. So stop. Let these ahead. let these people start getting over. He, he, uh, like I understand, okay, QT. Well, QT is not going to get over. Most people don't like QT Marshall, but now you're starting this rivalry with Malachi Black. Yeah, QT's got to move on and do something different. I feel like they're rivalry is over. Black needs to be Cody. You can't have him show up and have this big ass pop taking out Arn Anderson and Cody. To have him lose in a match. Unless he doesn't wrestle Cody at all and he shows up and just starts beating people, random people up every week, kind of Steve Austin style, coming out and giving everyone the summer every week. And then that leads into some kind of a battle royal where then everyone goes yeah, after Alistair Buckley and Malachi Black all at once. And then, no, no, not Cody. When, like, when, like, he keep having Malachi Black come out every week and just kick different people in the head, randomly beat up people. Like when Stone Cold first came back from after Owen like, hurt his neck. He didn't wrestle. Like, he just came in and beat up everybody. He came in, he just gave people stunners, and then left the ring, flipped everybody off right. forever. And then at the Royal Rumble that year, when Austin won his second Royal Rumble, first technical actual one, um, everybody in the whole entire match went right after Austin as soon as he got the match because everyone pulled WWF was gunning for him because he had literally given everyone in the WWF a stunner at that point in one of their matches. So they had him just keep continuously doing runs forever. They could do the same thing with him. So they don't have to get caught up with him in any one storyline to where he could, you know, get to a spot where it's like, oh, everybody wants to get their hands on Malachi Black to where they could possibly get him like I'm over, but to that spot where he could get over, I guess. They build it right. That's why I'm thinking. But you're probably right, they'll probably throw him right to Cody. And then he'll either the only way I accept win. it only way I accept him on the fucking main roster if he just comes out totally jobs out there. They could throw him in the dark order. Kills the fucking young bucks. They could kill him. They could kill him. Handicap match. They could throw him in the dark order. It makes him <laughs> in the dark order. No, the dark orders became too much of a gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm saying that 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 dude right there could be what brings him back to being a little more of a giant. Notice that um, uh, I think little Brody's not been open for the last few weeks. Well, yeah, but I think that uh, they're never they're not going to replace Brody Lee, so. There's not going to be somebody to take over the dark order. I mean, 
maybe. Went down a page in that spot permanently. He kind of he, he just hangs out, drinks, and parties with them. They're they're the ones who have put. They're trying to say that like this last week uh, or not. Yeah, this last week at Road Ridge Rent, they tried to say that, like, because of the friendship with the Dark Order is why fucking Hangman Page has got the, to be able to go and fight against the Elite and never, ever had his back ever at all. What they were trying to say on the announce team this week, because of the Dark Order being such good friends with Hangman, it got him to fight against the Elite, because they never were good friends with him anyway. Yeah, they brought back his confidence to go up against the Elite. Just, you know, like, yeah, you know, I don't know about all that. He's going to do it regardless. I didn't like Hangman's shirt this week. It was too much. Oh, the, the tassels and all that shit on it. Come on, man. It was Back to the Future 3. He's not that cowboyish. He isn't. <laughs> I did like when the entire crowd started chanting cowboy, cowboy shit. shit. That's what I mean by the crowd hijacking. Like, WWE's not going to be able to... CM Punk chant starts. What are they going to do? Fucking start pumping in crowd music every single week. Crowd noise every week so you don't know what the actual crowd's saying. Which uh, I really hope that the match at All Out is Hangman Adam Page against Kenny Omega for the AEW World Title. I mean, I don't know why it wouldn't be. I mean, uh, what All Out sold out within 20 minutes of Mm -hmm. tickets going on sale for the general public, but the pre-sale tickets literally sold out in quicker time than that the day before. When is uh, MJF and that Jericho match happening? And that we don't know either because what. He used to wrestle all five matches or whatever to get two MJF in the same night consecutively. Yep. So it's either going to be on an AEW or, yeah, the, the contract that he signed is the same contract that who, uh, uh, John, John Moxley had to do the same thing to wrestle Chris Jericho. He had to wrestle every member of the inner circle to be able to wrestle Jericho in the same night. So Jericho basically has to wrestle every member of the Pinnacle, the Pinnacle to yeah, get to MJF. And then MJF gets to pick the stipulation for each of those matches. And Jericho doesn't know what the stipulation is. Now, now, is it all in one night? or is it? He said back to back to back to back. So, so I would assume that means all I th- in one I, night. I, th- I think they might do it in like four or five shows. Ah, so come across as well. Because Jer- the look Jericho had on his face was, oh shit, I've got to do this all in one night. Like, you know, like a, like a gauntlet. That'd be that shit. That is Jericho making a start. Right, exactly. None of that. And then it shows that Jericho still got it. Like at yeah. his age, he can still Jer- get it. Jericho still does have it. And then it, he doesn't know. drunk and flabby, but. He doesn't know any of the stipulations to the matches. Uh, MJF gets to pick all hey, the stipulations. Man, he- and then he, he, he said he'd even sleep with MJF's mother for a second time again. Uh, and, and then he also uh, doesn't know what the stipulation will be with him and MJF when he finally gets to MJF. So he's going into these matches blind. It's almost going to be like uh, when William Regal did Spears is going to be the shit. It's going to be almost like when William Regal did the Queensberry Rules match with Jericho, and he just kept making shit up as the match was going on. And it was like a twenty-minute match that made no fucking sense whatsoever. Jericho ended is up it be a, uh, a handicap match with FTR? Because that'd be shit too. Maybe I don't know. I don't. Yeah, know. We, no, we don't know any of the stipulations. So, but at the end of that Queensbury match, by the way, Jericho ended up putting the Queen of England in the fucking walls of Jericho. So, <laughs> but this will be the last time that he gets to wrestle MJF if he makes it to him. Which you have to assume that he's going to make it to MJF. But this will be the third time they've wrestled. MJF's beaten him two out of three times. He won't beat him. And then MJF said, if you can't beat me a third time, then I'm better than you, and you know it. And Jericho had this real worried look on his face. So I, I think it has to be all in one night. Well, Jer- Jericho's never beaten MJF. I feel like it has to be just like Jericho's segment where he's calling out all the That's wrestling it. moves. That, that would put MJF that over. Right. He would be the only superstar that ever got over in AEW. I don't know about that, but as of right now, he would be the biggest thing other than Britt Baker, which... 
I don't like that. Uh, Britt Baker. She, she was had a good promo this week as well. But Which, uh, Britt Baker faces Nala Rose uh, Fighter Fest Night 2 yep. for the AEW Women's title. Yep. So. Bathroom break. Yeah, I kind of have that feeling about Nyla Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she hurts people. Yeah. The, uh, the match will probably be decent, but I'm just not a Nyla Rose fan at all. I'm not seeing her do anything that I like yet other than putting people through tables and that's that, that, that uh, Casino Battle Royale. Then she beat Rhea for the championship. But that that's understandable when she's 200 pounds and Rhea weighs 75 pounds. Right. I don't know. Just other than seeing her put people through tables and like big spots. I mean, it's pretty controversial when it first happened about men and women's sports and shit. Yeah, I guess. China did it in like 98. Won a big deal and it's a big deal now though for some reason. Was. That's what the thing is. They don't talk about like, oh, now like, oh, we don't want women wrestling men, or it don't look good, or whatever. And it's like it didn't look good in '98 or '99 either. But you still let Jeff Jarrett punch China in the face then. Like, I mean, not that he really punched her in the face, but like there might have been a receipt or two or which, more, which we kind of, we kind of got men and women fighting each other this week. We had the mixed tag match yeah. between uh, Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. <laughs> Chris Statlander, uh, what's her uh, what's his name? Was it the Blade? Yeah. Hit the blade with their finishing move at the, the end of the match. The four. Yeah, the 451. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. I like Chris Statlander. She's pretty good one to dress like. And then, uh, she, yeah, she's the reason that they actually won the entire match. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Blade. Cassidy got hit with the nuts. Yeah, Blade hit Orange with the brass knuckles, and she hit him with the, uh. Is he laying at the ring, like, laying on the side of the ring for most of the match? Orange Cassidy? Yeah. No. No. That's the only way I would like that match. I fucking hate Orange Cassidy. He kind of wrestled a female a little bit too. Like a uh, piece of shit. Was it, was it Bunny? Yeah. Came out and he did the little kick to the shins. Like he was doing. Like squeeze. Yeah, I said that. Fuck. He gave the thumbs up to the which, ground. Which actually, when uh, Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander were both on the uh, Indies, Cassidy was the independent wrestling TV champion and she wrestled with her pink. I can put hands in her pockets too, like an idiot. No, but she beat she beat Orange Cassidy for that title. She's the only woman to ever hold that world championship. Which world championship? It's the uh, indie TV wrestling heavyweight championship, or whatever. It's a uh, indie mojo championship. Right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you remember floats to companies, different yeah. companies? I'm sure. Yeah, yeah it, it, there's a there's a whole network of twenty four seven. There's a whole network of indie wrestling promotions that all have shows and like the cha- the champion. It's like a territory they thing, have, and they all they have shows within shows that we have to pay for their own shows. <laughs> <laughs> Which like uh, it's like the NXW that I was in. Well, I was thinking like NWA in like '96 to '99 when they were all inside the WWE. Shows like Creve Core, but in a bigger town. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. We I was in the NXW, New Extreme Wrestling. <laughs> it's the same shit, indie metro bullshit. Rundown church. I was gonna say though. Or Chris Statlander did beat Orange Cassidy for that title, and then Cassidy took it back from her like ten days later. But another best friend. Yeah, they came out and did the full finger touch. Which speaking of best, <laughs> oh, man, it's fucking. I love it. I think I think it's a good shit. And the crowd popped huge for Orange Cassidy. They came out and they all gave them a little thumbs up. Which I mean, shit kills me. 
It's just gonna be. It's just gonna be those two for a while because his best friends is hurt again. He lost the shades this week when he does the thing where he with the hands in the pockets. Usually he does. He lands on his back and then nips up. This week when he landed on his back, he took the bump real hard and the shades went bouncing off. And I was like, oh, it's the first time I've ever seen him lose the shades when he does the back bump. Like and they got the first life, like big life crowd. I think it was a little upsetting for him a little bit, but he didn't. He didn't sell. It. I mean, he sold it like. Orange Cassidy sells it with the hands in the pocket. No so. selling? No selling everything and doing everybody else's popular moves? Yeah. Fucking schmo. You're a range of Superman punch, that's all. Uh, you're, uh, same, you're same indie macho heavyweight champion. Uh, when Cody was the first TNT champion, when he issued that open challenge, or when Warhorse showed up, Warhorse was that champion. War who? Warhorse. I'm waiting for PCO to show up. He's a he's one of the top indie wrestlers that hasn't signed anywhere, and I don't think he actually really wants to sign anywhere. He was on AEW. Yeah, he was part of the Open Challenge. Whenever he was more like Eddie Kingston, people like that were just showing up every week and just answering the call. And like, oh my god, look who showed up this week for cheap pop to get people to turn their show on during pandemic times. They can't. I mean, do they make that much money? It's like, um... I have no idea if they do or not. What's-his-name came and was a part of uh, the Nightmare family, that one-for-one wrestling show, and then never came back again. Uh, shit. He had longer hair, kind of... I don't want to say it was a Samoan dude. He might have been. But he ended up joining New Japan, I think, instead of AEW. Uh, Jeff Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb, yeah. Or maybe he was already part of New Japan and just showed up. Or I thought uh, he wasn't he, signed and then he, he showed he, up. He, yeah, he was unsigned. Uh, he wrestled like one or two shows for AEW and realized he hates fucking Florida, so he signed yeah. to New Japan. Yeah. And like, you know. So, there's so the next generation Kenny Omega, basically. Still Jeff Cobb? No, I'm not. just saying, uh, remember your talk was talking about. Cody Rhodes and Jeff Cobb. Oh, Warhorse? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that dude, but he's indie known. He's like the, yeah, one of the top indie guys out there. He's Here. he's a 4,000 4, pounds of heavy metal. Yeah. And this uh, this intro is in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a lot of Warhorse matches. He's a, uh, especially, oh, he's, he's a pretty good wrestler from what i've seen earlier we were on the undertaker talk and i was gonna bring something up and we kind of jumped off and we um, jump off on everything yeah yeah um, <laughs> i think that the, how the show is working tonight we might as well just keep rolling with it i'll just change the uh, description again and, uh so um they had the sit down with um darby allen and um shit uh ethan page and they're having a coffin match Not yeah, a casket yeah match, it can be caskets coffin match they had a good old JR referee and the old uh, sit down there having with each other. And to be honest with you, it really wasn't that good of a little like vignette that they put on. Like Darby was trying to cut a decent promo to say like it's almost like a "What about me? I'm Raven." Like you're but like I, I was all that kid on the indie scenes that and you were like kind of more popular and, and then like you didn't think I was going to make it to AEW and then I got here before you and now you're mad about it because I wasn't cool and now well, Darby Darby Allen's first match actually was against Ethan Page and he brings that up that you beat me and you were you were supposed to be this great thing and then I got here before you did and now you're mad at me because I'm here before you and then Ethan Page was like trying to talk over him while he was trying to cut the promo like he was trying to say shit and then Darby like stopped and he'd be like oh yeah and then go back to cutting the promo he was cutting and then he, and like, it was like don't like like, they need to tell them guys, like, let someone finish their promo before you start cutting your promo. And then, like, they, I don't know, they were trying to make it super serious, and the one dude had his shades on, looked like, the whole time he couldn't see his facial expressions. So it just, <laughs> and then JR looked like he was wasted. And I don't think they, like, he had, like, a real nice shirt on, real nice pants, and then a pair of fucking Jordans. 
And I don't think he thought they were going to show him that low because his, his shit just didn't match at <laughs> all. And it was just like JR didn't look interested in doing the interview. And I just, it was really bad. Like, he probably fucked it up and said the wrong name. No. <laughs> no. He didn't yeah, say WWE. Yeah. But JR just, didn't actually really talk that much in it, it. It was just, and at the end, he's like, well, he's like, this will be AEW's first ever coffin match. He's like, I, I don't know about you boys, but I'm, I'm worried for both your careers. Like, there was no, like, I'm worried for your careers, boys. I think you're going to get in there and it's going to be a real slobber knocker. Like, it was just like, I'm just so worried for both your careers. Like, I got shit to do at noon. Can I get out of here now? I, I got to go. Like, this I've heard is been doing it for a long time. He was phoning it in for that one for sure. And I hate to say that about, about JR, but his, his little little segment was funny. And, but the coffin match, bro. Okay. So is Darby Allen the undertaker of AEW then? Is that, is that what we're getting? Well, so did I. But Sting was never in a coffin match, was he? I don't know. He was trying to get that Undertaker match. Uh, he was in the electric chair match, I believe, wasn't he? Yeah. No, I don't remember did, Sting did, being in the coffin match. Didn't Sting have a coffin match in uh, TNA? Uh, Fuck, I don't know. He got power bombed on him, like busted his head. I'm not counting TNA as anything Sting ever did. Oh, dude, Sting was a shit in TNA. No. Fucking insane icon, TTFN. That was, that was time that he should have been in WWE that he wasted. He could have done that. And he could have been in WWE putting on... Gooder matches, way better matches. Oh, we're going uh, with Gooder. <laughs> way better matches than uh, what he did in TNA ever, and way better storylines. Kurt Angle versus Sting with the insane icon shit going on. Kurt Angle probably would have came back to WWE sooner if Sting would have came to WWE and TNA. Probably would have been a footnote way, way sooner. T- I think way Sting. Sooner. I think Sting helped keep, keep TNA's lights on. It is a footnote. Not something TNA. It's Impact, I and mean, it was Global Force, and then Impact, and then TNA again. Now it's Impact bringing back the fucking God. TNA name, ain't they? No, it's still Impact. I'm saying they're like using it as a paper leave it dead and buried, yo. I don't think so. That's like them bring, trying to bring ECW One Night Stand to TNA. Made no fucking sense. We can't call it ECW One Night Stand. That was the hardcore homecoming. Yeah, yeah. hardcore homecoming. Then. And then Tommy Dream remained with that. And they couldn't have half the guys and that Tommy, were in Tommy, ECW on it. And Tommy still does it every year. Yeah. Because they were like, the amount of them were still contracted to WWE, so they couldn't even have the real ECW guys they wanted to be on it other than like Mick Foley. Nah, wasn't it missing the fucking Dudley Boys? Yeah, there was a bunch of people that weren't there that should have been. And then like, like Balls Mahoney was there looking like he was cracked out. Like Sandman was there looking real bad. Like Mick Foley put on a somewhat of a shit show match. Mikey Whiprick was there. Um, the FBI. Like, it was, like, all the dudes who were in ECW, like, in the last month before the shit closed. <laughs> and Tommy Dreamer. When RVD on that show? Like, yeah, but I think he was already wrestling in TNA at the time, so you can't really count him as showing up to... It wasn't that huge of a deal, because he was already there, like... Uh, bad. House of Hardcore is just as bad. <laughs> uh, House of Hardcore got shut down. Shit. COVID killed it. Good. Good. He, well, you listen to Bust <laughs> Open, Tommy talks about it all the time. Well, yeah, but he talks about still putting shows on, so I assumed that after COVID there, he's like, now whenever I wrestle, he's like, I have my guys tested for COVID. He's like, or he's like... Well, that's because Tommy... They have to have a shot before they wrestle me, and it's like... Well, that's because Tommy that, got it when he went and wrestled in Alaska. Yeah, he gave it to everybody in his family. He's talking about it, how it was the worst experience. He said he got um, spider veins from it. He said, like, I had all these fucking spider veins show up in my legs and body after I had COVID, and I was like, are you sure that's just from, like, you and, like getting older and like not taking care of yourself properly and you just get spider rams after a while like maybe it happened like because you sat at home for a month and didn't do shit and your body finally decided to like like not have a bunch of fucking blood clots and shit on it from taking slams all the time maybe 
like, I, I don't know, man. I just know a needle or sometimes you get spider veins and he's trying to blame it on COVID. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You should just <laughs> probably go to the doctor and see about that yourself. Well, yeah, he's destroyed his body. So you motherfuckers on there drinking coffee and eating pretzel sticks at like fucking eight in the morning, dude. <laughs> just, what are you doing, Tommy? The bad part is, have you ever noticed that most of the time when uh, Tommy you know, or Mark or Bully's on there, they always bring up food? Oh, Mark Henry's the worst to bring up food, man. I like Mark Henry. He's, he's a pretty decent announcer, but man, he's always with food, constantly food. What I think earlier today, I was listening to him and Ryan, is it McConnell? McKinnell, yeah. McKinnell, yeah. He's like, oh man, thanks for sending me the uh, food porn pictures. Just keep them coming. And... It's like, dude, we understand that you're a big black guy that likes to eat. He's so, also not eating right now because he's doing a bunch of workouts. When's he going to go to fucking eat? He's, 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 he's already oh, going to do anything. Uh, August, August 13th rampage. is the first rampage. He's the host of it? Yep. Uh, like the announcer? He's supposed to be. And uh, it's live from Pittsburgh. Him and either possibly Tony Khan or maybe Paul White are going to be the announcers for it at the same time. Which... Tony Khan needs to just stay backstage. I think he probably will, but like I said, he does. Hey, no wrestling owner ever stayed backstage. Every Friday, he's on Busted Open for like the last 15 minutes of the show, and he was talking about him and Mark Irby working very closely on Rampage. So I assumed that meant that he was going to be one of the announcers on Rampage with Mark. But then Paul White called in, and they were both talking back and forth, and he said me and him are going to be working a lot together very soon. So I assumed that meant maybe him and Mark or him and Paul were going to be together on that page doing the thing. So that's good. They can get Paul White off of uh, two elevation. Two monsters on the. I mean, I don't know. I've not heard Paul White's commentary yet. I don't watch elevation, so he, he's decent. It's just uh, there's no point in watching elevation in dark because all they do is put they put uh, they no name people even more than they're no named off the main roster sometimes there's no nah, I mean John I mean, Fox has been on there before okay there's some good there's some good matches but they put people that you don't know up against like Jungle Boy Kenny's, so yeah Kenny's been on there before the Jungle matches they, sometimes they yeah. Saturday night but they at least let those guys have sorry but they let those guys actually have matches. It's not like a fucking two minute job match and it's over. Like they, it's like a they actually put on good matches. Yeah, they let them put on like they let them showcase their talents to the point where it's not like okay, jobber guy number two gets in here and fucking Joey Janela or whoever just beats him the fuck up. But, but when you get to but when you watch the promo thing where they show you who's going to wrestle for the. Like, you can literally watch, like, a promo thing that's, like, two minutes, and they show all the matches. It's like, you can literally pick out who's going to win. Just because, <laughs> yeah. It, dark and Elevation, yeah, there's good wrestling on them, but you definitely don't. It's not worth time watching it. Like, WC era. All it does is give guys on the main roster more wins. WWF jacked. Or Shotgun Saturday Nights. <laughs> What was called Sunday night heat? Was it WCW Worldwide yeah, on Sundays at 11 a.m.? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, what are you going to pick for your high spots for the week? Ooh, uh, I'm, I'll go first. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Britt Baker for uh, her uh, promo this week. It was really, really good. Uh, I, I I wanted to take Andrade and Matt Seidel because I thought that was a really good match. And Andrade came out looking like a black mask. Um, I don't like his new wrestling attire. You don't need to wrestle in, like, fucking gangster pants. Suit pants. Yeah, no, I don't look bad. And he needs to go back to the tights. 
Um, you're not getting over that way. But the whole gimmick, Katari came out wearing the whole black mask outfit. He had the black mask on, the pinstripe suit, the gloves, and everything. He looked like Black, black Mask from Batman, nice straight up, with bad as shit. Um, but uh, Britt Baker came out and cut a really good ass promo. Um, basically talking about what I talked about earlier, how Nyla Rose is fucking injures people. Uh, she tried to make it look like um, they, they, the, her, her partner there. They tried to make it look like that Nyla Rose injured her or whatever. She tried to put it off on her getting injured, and then she was like. Like talking about, she says, I heard they call Texas the big D and fucking she looks down at herself. She looks back up and she's like, I don't know about that. She goes after, after what is, what is it? Fight, fighter fest. Yep. She's after fighter fest. It's going to be called the big D M D. And then the whole fucking crowd just went nuts, dude. And she went out. So she's on the hell of a run right now. And, uh, she said she makes millions of dollars for Tony Khan. I was like more like thousands. <laughs> but like I really like Britt Baker and she's a really good women's wrestler and I think she's doing a really great job so my nice blog goes to her this week it'll be that all the really there's a lot of good matches like uh, O'Reilly and, and Cole too almost got it for me and like I said Seidel and and, uh, and Andrade about that but when she got that promo I was like oh damn like, I felt that promo she, she got it she took it she stole it so <laughs> Britt Baker on her promo this week was my high spot alright so what's yours uh, to be honest with you is uh, Stephanie McMahon uh, uh, going to meetings with Fox and talking about reprogramming and using all the technology they've used in the thing and all the lessons that they failed and relaunching once they go to the road and it's going to be a different show completely because everything has been put on is trash so far so I have really high hopes that Stephanie McMahon is going to fucking do something Something, please, Stephanie, please do something. Can I interject real quick? <laughs> I think Stephanie McMahon's been a character on TV long enough that she knows how to cut a good promo to a board full of motherfuckers and to a shitload of people around the world to make us all think. That, <laughs> like, remember when, like, Monday Night Raw would cut a promo, like, next week there's going to be a groundbreaking moment on Raw that they're going to announce and be Vince McMahon coming back, like, there's going to be a tournament on Raw for the Intercontinental title, and it's like, that's the groundbreaking shit that you know? <laughs> like, you fucking bastards, like, ah. Eh. Which they're not going to do that because Vince hates tournaments. I take anything that the McMahon says. Basically, for going to the boardroom, going, "Hey, we're going to take this shit show that's been happening for years on the road. Try to take it on the road. Hope you guys want to pay for it." All right, we cut. We (laughs) made enough budget cuts that you should be able to. Bronze gone. We can afford it. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to pay over the top for a bunch of weird stunts. Yeah, fucking mm-hmm. flipping over anybody. I've been saying that for shit. Oh my god, I hate people that are Braun Strowman fans. They're fucking. I like Braun Strowman since day one. I like Braun Strowman, and they ruined. They really ruined this character, but it was really good when it first started. Yeah, when he shut the fuck up and stood behind Bray Wyatt. No, when he first had his first <laughs> singles run by himself, it was good, and then they just completely over fucking. He tipped over a semi. And they did lift what, it up a fork truck and shit. <laughs> they did what WWE does, and they overproduced it. All right. Uh, let's. <laughs> <laughs> what's your eyes? What's your eyes? Let me shit on that too. I don't think you're going to shit on it because you haven't even seen it. But I'm going to go back with NXT UK. Um, Nathan Frazier and Kenny Williams. Uh, Nathan Frazier, formerly known as Ben Carter in AEW, he had two awesome matches before his visa ran out and he had to go back home. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, he was trained by Seth Rollins, so of course, yeah, like they're going to try to uh, get him into WWE. But, uh, 
The kid is fucking fast, phenomenal, real good. I mean, you would call him a spot monkey. But uh, does he use psychology? Yes, he does. Isn't Seth Rollins? Um, it's not. It's not a spot monkey if you use technology. Isn't te- technology? Technology, psychology. Like, isn't uh, Seth Rollins no reason for the fucking big stupid shit? And then you get up and no sell it anyway. And that's stupid shit. Doesn't Seth Rollins do that shit where you don't actually lift weights? You just use your own body weight. Yeah. Fucking, uh, what's it called? Where you work out and use your own body weight to make yourself tougher instead of like he hangs on fucking like like the uh, like he hangs on the it's rings like the NDX, but fucking more extreme. like he holds on to the rings in the air and then lifts his own body weight up and then sits there and holds himself for like ten minutes in the air and then does a bunch of flips to the ground and shit. So like gymnastics? Yeah, kind of. That's how he that's how he does his his training. And a lot of people make fun of CrossFit. CrossFit. He does CrossFit to train. A lot of people make fun of. Oh, I don't know. All I know is Nathan Frazier. So does that mean there's gonna be a gang of CrossFit guys coming in to wrestle? Like the, they're gonna be like the spirit squad, but CrossFit guys. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch NXT UK. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm no, uh, Nathan Fraser though. Uh, yeah, all I know is he was actually he went through wrestling school with Seth Rollins uh, through his uh, school. Yeah, that's like two hours away, isn't it? Yeah, but it's, it's, yeah he's Iowa. an Illinois guy. Oh, Iowa guy. I mean. Right on the border, Quad City. Yeah. There's a picture I seen online of Seth Rollins rolling up some random a little girls lemonade stand. And he happened to be driving by. It was a neighborhood he lives in. I guess he's super, super private because he doesn't want people fucking with him. And he happened to be driving by this little girl's house to see her lemonade stand. I got to buy some lemonade from her. And whoever the parent was, like, snapped a picture and was like, oh, it's my little girl's first lemonade. And didn't know who Seth Rollins was. And it was fucking Seth Rollins out there buying lemonade from this little girl. And then someone had reposted her picture. and was like, oh, it's Seth Rollins. Oh, blah. And he don't ever barely leave his house. And it's like... That's kind of cool that someone actually doesn't know who he is in his own fucking neighborhood. Like, <laughs> yeah, his uh, wrestling schools killed people a couple times too. CrossFit wrestler dog. <laughs> but no, it's uh, Frazier and Kenny Williams. Kenny Williams was a tag team wrestler, turned on his partner. He's been on a hell of a. Uh, I already he's on. He's been on a hell of a uh, heelish type run. It's a good match if you got time to check it out. Other than that, for this week. Uh, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place. You can put, see all of us on uh, Spotify. I'm pretty sure we're getting on Apple this week. Oh. So anywhere you can uh, listen to podcasts, you'll find us. Crack that Apple. <laughs> Have a good week. Later.